Hi, this is Dave Dorman, Star Wars artist extraordinaire, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. Have fun. Yeah, no, I was, yeah, it's all, it was okay. I <laughs> uh, just threw me off with the house of cards, because I just, I, I, I hear that, I just think about that show, I just think it hurts, it's, it's just, wow. Oh, I don't want to think about that. Yes, you do. Wow. It's, uh, I, what, 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 does a good job in the car- as a cast a character. I don't I don't find her attractive, but I guess that's not the purpose of her role, so Know your role, Jabroni. There we go. <laughs> that was and I think oh, that epic. Was absolutely phenomenal. I, especially when they're giving him shit about the Silver Dome. But it was oh, just come on, come on. Save that for the show because I, I don't we're think doing the show. show. I... We are doing the show, but I don't think they'll be able to hear that and I want them oh, to hear I it. Oh I see. Yes. That's okay. Oh, you know. See if I could do if I could do the the warrior belch, I would have done that instead of the woohoo. But I can't. I can't do that. So it's just it's not gonna happen. What a weird off kilter, just plain old strange day today was. Uh, you mean because of? Yeah, I mean we. I I I just was telling David. I said, you wake up and you find out that somebody you just saw make a comeback. Um, after what? How many years? Twelve years? Something like that. Years? Fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, uh, has just died, and it's like, what? How can that be? I, I, I had to ask David. I said, "Is this a joke? Yeah. Is this real?" Because you know the internet's how they get. And uh, I mean, it's not it, the first time someone would have rumored that he was dead, but it, it was, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> the crazy people on the paranormal message board saying, Oh, it's a time shift. I distinctly remember this man dying before oh, this. Like when, when Mickey Rooney died, they said, Oh, time shift. We've split again. Yeah, Renee, Renee was like, I thought That's he died already. Um, the, uh, See? the, <laughs> That's the thing. But the, the, uh, the whole, um, I am, I am honest to God. I am, I am very glad that he was able to see his fans, the fans saw him, and it wasn't next year's Hall of Fame where they're putting him in posthumously. I, I am very happy that that he was able to give his speech. Not so happy that they cut Mr. T off, but I'm very happy that Warrior got to give his speech. Right. Well, and then to be um, fair, Mr. T <laughs> forgot what Hall of Fame he was being inducted. <laughs> it was the Mother's no, Day version. It was it. it uh, was that at the Silver Dome too? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was the best thing Hogan could have done was screw that up because it gave them oh, fodder for the next like the next, ten minutes. Yeah, and yeah. and the next night because Paul Heyman gave him shit for it on Raw. Right. Um right. No, that was and and even while it was happening while we were watching WrestleMania and then 
the next day, Henry and I were talking about it, and there was absolutely nobody else that we could think that would be on their level that could have been in the ring with them trying to just amp the crowd up. It was it, it was Hogan, Rock, and Austin. There's nobody else. Yeah, there is. No, there isn't. Yeah, there is. No. You know who I'm going to say. Yeah, there is. Bruno? No. No. Who? Roddy Piper. Come oh, on. Stop it. No, I love Piper, bro. But no. <laughs> the only no, thing that, that could have happened there, which I didn't think would, but if in my fantasy world it would have been if Punk came out as the fourth. As the fourth. <laughs> you know what? I, in the back of my head, I was expecting Punk to show up. I was really match. expecting Punk to come out during the final match. Yep. After after Brian was set up to fail, I, I really thought Punk was going to come out and and Same and here. clear the ring, uh, clear the ring, and then give him the chance. But that would have been awesome. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's just curtail this for a couple seconds, then we'll get back into it. I'm sure in a couple minutes. Hey, everybody! Hey. It's eleven o'clock. Comics episode three hundred and eleven, and I am Bruno San Martino. What? Oh my God! He's. I'm related to him. He's. I'm Vince B. He's not. I'm I am not Bruno San Martino. I'm Chris Jericho. What? You're Christian. <laughs> I could. Be Christian. I don't <laughs> mind being Christian. You are both liars. And I know this because I'm Frank Underwood. You <laughs> uh, <no. laughs> didn't even go to wrestling, Roddy. Like, I'm, uh, yeah. No, you're not. You're Jason Wood. And you don't have to get smacked around on a canvas mat to realize that you can get your comics cheaper than what you're paying now. All you have to do is, I know it was a stretch. Just call me Reed. All you have to do is shimmy on over to uh, Discount Comic Book Service. That's DCBService.com, and you can reap the rewards of cheap damn comics, such as from Boom. It's the very first issue written by Eric Powell, art by Brian Chirilla. It's called, I don't know if you've heard of this, uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Is this a thing? That's a is this thing. a movie or something? Might be a yeah. movie. Might be a movie. Uh, Jack Burton, uh, More Adventures, coming from Boom. I've seen preview pages. It looks great. I, th- uh, Mike Norton says it looks great. So who, who are you to argue with a man as large as that? Cover <laughs> price, $3.99. Your price, $1.99. Get in on the ground floor of Big Trouble in Little China. Eric Powell says it picks up from the very last second no of the movie. No kidding. Yes. Yes, it's a sequel to the the movie in his mind. Um from Image written by Justin Jordan, art by Matteo Scalera. It's the Dead Body Road Trade. Uh collects the complete miniseries cover I price. I was a miniseries. That's cool. Yes, cover price is $14.99. What do you think you are going to get this book for? A dollar. Seven dollars. No, would would be nice though. David was almost right. Six seven dollars seven dollars and forty nine cents. And here's my 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 uh I implore you to buy this. This last one. Like I did last time. I implore you to buy this book from Dynamite, go figure. Written by Doug Munch, art by John Basima mm. and other and others. It's a huge monster tome collecting issues one through eight of the Doc Savage magazine from Marvel. Uh, they say Curtis here, but we all know that it was Marvel. Uh, Doc Savage Archives hardcover volume one, the Curtis magazine era. Cover price, 
$49.99. Your price, $24.99. Don't even think about it. Just order it. I ordered it. I want you to order it. We are going to groove on this like crazy. These are some of the best black and white magazines to come out of Marvel. I think I don't believe it sold very well. Hence, I think I only got to issue eight. But it's great stuff. It's Doc Savage filled with pulpy goodness, and it can be yours for half price. DCBService.com does not mind late orders or order additions, and you can get your previews for what you should have been paying all along, $1.12. DCBService.com. Go there. How's that? That was spirited. It's as though you were pent up. Oh, that's right, because you skipped out on us last week. I did. I was adventuring in Philadelphia, which I got to say is a lot prettier than I remember it being. City of brotherly love, dog. I know. I had a great time. A lot of work, but great time. Look at you getting all edumacated. Did you take a stroll across my old campus? What's that? (laughs) Where I went to college? Where's that? (laughs) (laughs) I'm all, I make it work for it, buddy. Come on. Where'd you go? You went to Temple? <laughs> no, although Temple's a great school. Yes. I didn't go to Temple. I didn't go to Drexel. I didn't go to LaSalle. I went to the place that Ben Franklin founded. Mm, I, I, I can't say that I remember. Penn State. No, just kidding. <laughs> you, Penn. What nice. up, Quakers? Shout out. No, I did not. I did not. Oh. We, were, we were traipsing around uh, inner city. Did you walk around Pier- Rittenhouse Square? I was actually... Uh, yes, I was actually at Pierce College most of the time because okay. that's where all, all our lectures were. And did you do any South Street? Sure did. Broad Street, South Street, bunch Pass of streets. Geno's? Uh, no, no, hmm. no. Then you, we, you didn't really we, maximize Philly then? We stayed in Westchester, is it? Um, I don't know, is it? <laughs> I mean, yeah, could have been. Uh, we rented from Airbnb. We had a, uh, the first two floors of this gigantic house were all ours. So you say all great. ours. What do you who do you, what do you mean by that? Myself and and four women. Really? Yeah. What'd your wife think Dude. about that? What the hell does she care? I don't care. It's a good time. So were the ladies <laughs> enjoying a Vince sandwich? Yes, indeedy. Nice, greasy, greasy and all. Smack it up, flip it. Speaking of yeah. smacking <laughs> it up and flipping it, happy birthday to Julian Lytle. What up? Yes. Happy birthday Mr. to Rick Gordon. That's right. Who's who, after a very long hiatus, is back podcasting with the Pop Cult Online. Yes. Ah, yes. oh, it's like just when he thinks he got out, they pull him back exactly. in. Unbelievable, Good for right? Him. Yeah, yeah. Everybody needs a break now and then. That's true. And yeah. Except for one more shout we, out. We break. We break, we're done. <laughs> yeah, we can't ever break. It's true. Um, I believe so as of is- today in Comixology... You can be the proud owner of the digital version of Bandthology 2. It's true. I saw that on the Twitters today. That's awesome. By our, uh, a conclave of some of our very best friends and forum participants created this bad boy. It's an anthology, volume two, music related anthology. They are also the, uh, brains and creative efforts behind the 11 o'clock comics EOC anthologies of the yep. last few years. So by all means, please go out and support it. If you haven't ordered the paper copy or are unaware of it, go to Comixology and check it out. It's definitely worth your while. Yes, it's great stuff. And as Bob Gar said, buy it because John's baby needs a new pair of shoes. This is true, although I'm not quite sure it's actually John's baby. <laughs> oh, it's a symbolic thing. Yeah. 
Ah. Well, who wants to see shoeless children running around? No one. I don't. Unless you're Joe Jackson. That's to buy the damn thing. All right. So let's move this uh, sucker forward. I am drinking diet lemon snapple iced tea. Straight out of the bottle. Like a boss. Like a boss. That's me. So you started from the bottle. Now I'm here. <laughs> you love that song, don't you? I I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> it's, it's just the concept of the song. Okay, but the execution is weak. Perfection, I think. Except no. when Jason does no. it. No. When Jason does it, it sticks in your head forever. Right. Like when we we went to the show, I couldn't get that damn thing this out of my is head. What I'm saying. Well, okay. Because you did it, not because of some Degrassi cast off. You got, you got, you got what I need. That's right. I, I did my drink. Did now it's up to you. You're supposed to hand it off to someone. David, I would, I'm very interested in what you are supping. Uh, well, I am not supping on wine because I don't, I have a gulp left downstairs in one bottle. So I'm going to save that when I hit the liquor store next time and I'll, I'll just, Double fisted. I am, uh, drinking some, I've been so like this, some George Dickel. <laughs> Tennessee sour mash whiskey. Dickel. Chris Jason, would be, what do you drink? Chris would be severely disappointed if you were here or listened to the shows when he's not here because I am joining the Vince camp this week and drinking Diet Dr. Pepper. Nice. Yes. I've developed quite the taste for that stuff. Have you? Yeah, I like it a lot. I did not know that. It doesn't supplant Pepe Mac in my, uh, hmm. but it's good. That pleases me to no end. Yeah. I, whenever, I, and you know, it's odd. Whenever I get it, I think about you. That's the, that is the missing link to this whole thing. Yep. I drink a Diet Dr. Pepper. I'm like, my, my brother Jason's here with me in spirit. Are you rubbing so, yourself at the time or? I can't do that in public anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah. What about when you were at this Airbnb place with the four broads? Dude, it was so busy. Yeah. It was so, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really have any chance to. No Eiffel to Towers. Hit. No, <laughs> no. They're all nice, nice women though. Right, Very nice. Right. Respect. Sure. So. Respect. And, and how, how does it work that I came back with more work than I, I left with? How did, how does that work? I, I'm so busy and I have even less time in which to do it than I did last time because our uh, next study tours two weeks in lovely scranton the first week of july second week of of july i think Mm -hmm. yeah so it's crazy i have so much to do so much but it's good because idle hands do the devil's work (laughs) yes sir yeah yes sir ah let's talk some comics or some wrestlemania if you want because i thought it was all kinds of awesome pretty much one of the better wrestlemanias in in the the long list was 30. Yeah, 30 of, 30 of them. I think yeah. it was one of the better ones. Yeah. It, it, uh, it ended the way it was supposed to. Um, right. I gotta say though, before you get into it, I think bug eyed black dude was definitely a plant. He wasn't guy, actually. He, um, it was, really? yeah, it was his second WrestleMania. Uh, they actually, they, they, uh, they interviewed him. Um, did they? Dude, yeah. his eyes are perfect. He did he, the bug out thing like he was apparent according to the interview, he was he was rooting for Brock because he never expected the streak to be broken. And and the reason he looks that way is because he, like everybody else, cannot believe 
what they just saw. It was his second WrestleMania, his first one, because he wanted Triple H to break it a couple of years ago because H is his favorite wrestler. Apparently, he read Triple H's book and it kind of turned his life around. He lost a lot of weight. He started hitting the gym. Um, huh. and, what happened? And uh, he um, he was nice. no, he was he was bigger than what he appeared in on TV. Wow! But uh, he um. He was at a fan access once and he spoke to Triple H and, and, you know, basically told him in a few seconds what, what had happened and, and, uh, Triple H and, and he kind of just chatted for a couple minutes, ended up taking a picture together and, 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 um, that's awesome. So he, I don't pick, I don't picture Hunter being that cordial. I, you know, I, I, the wrestler, no, but I've been watching the, uh, the Beyond the Ring documentary of him because i i love those the austin one is awesome um anything austin is that awesome. is true i have to finish the one with brett and sean uh but i started watching the one about triple h and he um it, it's quite interesting just listening to him uh talk about his life you have his parents there and and uh how he came to the company and and uh his relationship with Stephanie and how it really was an angle for the show. And, and, and they ended up spending so much time together that they ended up, um, Aww. having feelings. And then Vince was like, cause at first Vince was like, all right, I'm going to give you my blessing. And Linda was a little upset with Vince because, you know, you we, all, all our lives growing up with the children, talent and the office, not supposed to mix. And, and now Vince gave his permission and and allowed his daughter to date somebody who who works for them and um for a while everything was cool but uh a lot of the guys felt that that was giving Hunter an, an unfair advantage and and that he was you know hey either either the guys were going to Vince going listen this guy's using you using your daughter to get ahead or um well bullshit step up then you could have went out with her you just didn't make the move well that's the other thing. It's like it's the boss's daughter. Who would make that move? But it was because of the storyline that Hunter was in that that gave him the opportunity to spend time with her. And and so it just it. I think everything happens for a reason. And if they were meant to be, yeah. so be it. So um, somebody brave would have done it. Yeah. There you go. So, this is a uh, guy who who willingly slept with China. Yes. For years, so he clearly well no many boundaries. I, think, <laughs> I definitely think he traded up. Oh, you think? Uh, yeah, oh. Stephanie's looking good. <laughs> China's she, painting herself with you, you, green paint and doing Axel Braun porn parodies, and Stephanie's yeah. worth a hundred million dollars. I think he traded up. Right. Oh yeah, and just traded species too, because I don't know what China. Is. For her, for no, no, I thought I thought it was great. Um, I still disagree with you, Jason, that the Kofi uh, toe tap was. Planned. I really don't see how you can. If he, if that was planned and he pulled it off, the man has the most amazing muscle control. But that's ever he does. He does. That every does. every Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble. That's the whole thing. Is which way is Kofi Kingston going to going to keep himself in? It's uh, that's it's a work every single time. So he does. But the guy was in the middle. He was in midair. He, and he, I think he overshot. I don't think he was supposed to I go agree. that far or down. But uh but yes, I do believe he was supposed to land on on the steps. Well, it was it was great nonetheless. Absolutely. The, and and my the kids love Kofi. And when he did that, I I swear Nina was just going to explode. Her she was like, "Oh my god." It was cool. Cuz she thinks he's cute. The kids love love the the Kofi Kingston. Oh yeah, my yeah, my, my all my, my only it's a nitpick, but the battle royal, I think 
the four mystery participants was silly because yeah, when we saw at the start of it that the four mystery participants were David Otunga, Yoshi Tatsu, uh, <laughs> I'm forgetting someone, and Brad Maddox. No, he was already announced. Oh, okay. And and then and then Cesaro. Right. Cesaro was was either winning the thing or making it to the end with Big Show. You knew that was right. a guarantee, right? Uh, but I'm very pleased with the outcome for sure. Yes. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. And the I'm glad they the next night. I, I the, the the first the first match was great. It was it was one of the best matches that that I've seen um, later year Triple H in. Uh, he looked good too. I know you he say looked fantastic, not, but he, he got himself in good shape. He did. He did. He, he uh, and dude, I mean, he came, dude loves his Conan. He came. He came to work, and and as did Randy later on in the night. But but you know, you put Brian in, in a match with someone like Triple H, and and you are going to get a good match. But they were they worked extremely well together. I thought the um, the Bray Cena match was well done. It wasn't uh, a Matt classic, but it told a story because it was there's yeah. a whole lot of psychology involved, and I, I I appreciate what Cena brought to the table, and I just I love Bray, so that's no problem. The uh, he he is generally a strange. Dude. I love it. Like like legitimately strange. Yeah. I, I, I don't think a lot terrible. of terrible. They are. But I, I don't. <laughs> I, I don't think the the. It's all an act. I, I think there's a lot of. Oh, he is from Florida. I like the uh, I like the one on his left arm with the with the brush stroke of red. I that's like what that. I'm talking about that's horrible. It looks like it's it looks like it's it's. I thought he cut himself one night. Right. It looks like it's blood, but almost as though he scraped his arm against concrete or something. <laughs> and he's got well, a raspberry. I don't, I don't think any of the Wyatts should have really nice t- tattoos. They should have the homemade kinds. Like, Prison not, tats. For me, yeah. it's not so much. I agree with David that Bray Wyatt's the, he's, he's got the chance to be the new Mick Foley and, and, and a true A-list superstar. But, but I, I think the nice thing about the Wyatt's from my perspective is that the other two aren't just people they got to be part of his crew because he needed a crew. They're, they're really talented in their own right. They are. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. that's exciting. We've had, in the last year and a half, we've had two stables that have been brought into the to the uh, to the WWE, and, and all six of them are terrific. Yes, all six I could see having a legitimate future in, 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 in as perpetual participants, and that's pretty surprising. The yeah. uh, the, the um, uh, when you see the promos for Bo Dallas, it, you you do see that as brothers, they look a lot alike. Um, and you know what? Whenever we get on a wrestling um, drag, and we, you know, we take up a couple more minutes than we should take up with this stuff. I don't feel bad because you know why? I was thinking about it. Go figure. Wrestling is a lot like comics. Oh, very much. Sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know the storylines, the heroes, the villains, Spandex. blah blah blah. So I mean, and, and and there's a lot of bleed through with the fans because a lot of our friends like wrestling and I'm hoping a lot of the listeners like wrestling. If you don't, uh, maybe you should check it out because it's a hell of a lot of fun. But it sure I'm, beats I'm thinking, the Doctor Who tangents we go on sometimes. <laughs> like and again, I was thinking about that today. D- to me, uh, Red Dwarf is what Doctor Who is to you. Wow, I, really? I, 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 yeah, I really can't stand Red Dwarf. No kidding. At all. Wait, what are you talking at about? All. The, it's an, that's another Agnes British show. It's a comedy. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's another British uh, sci-fi themed show, okay. and it's it's like nails on a blackboard for me. I I can't watch it. But anyway, um, I did one thing about the 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 Undertaker takedown. 
I wish it was someone other than Brock Lesnar, though. I have, I after thinking about it Sunday night and and Monday morning with the drive to work and everything, I am fine with it being Brock. The match itself sucked. The build up definitely, definitely. sucked, but I I I have no problem with it now being Brock. It couldn't it couldn't so, have been anybody else. Uh, I don't know Wade, about that. Wade, but, Wade Keller, no. I, I was listening to the Wade Keller's podcast. The, uh, the night after WrestleMania and he had the same, kind of the same perspective as David and that when he first saw it, he was incredulous and thought it was a totally bad decision and then he slept on it and then he came to the conclusion that it may have been a, an astoundingly smart decision, particularly if Mark in the last month and a half of training came, came to Vince and said, listen, I just, I don't have it anymore. I think he's done. That, I think well, that yeah, was the last that, match. That's what and, I'm and, hoping. Right. Wade said he's, he's been trying to confirm from, Mark or, or anyone at the camp if, 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 if Undertaker is done because they won't confirm that he's done yet. And, uh, but, but he, he, but the thing was, is he said he, he thinks what happened is that, um, uh, Undertaker, the, the plan wasn't for Undertaker to lose, but then the more he thought about it and realized that this was likely his last year, he didn't, he so loves the company that he figured it would be better to hand off the streak than to, retire with the streak intact that it wouldn't be as impactful so to hand off the streak when no one was expecting it to a guy like lesnar now the trick is the wwe has to be smart here and they have to make lesnar basically unbeatable for in whatever few part-time appearances he does for the next year or two they have to make him completely indestructible and 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 dominate people i I think if i in retrospect because i know they didn't plan this if 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 they could go back i think they should have had lesnar be punk and be triple h and and not yeah. thus making him that much more of a unstoppable beast of a legitimate threat yeah but now that he's beaten taker they have to keep him unstoppable he can't lose to cena <laughs> at SummerSlam. i mean that would be ridiculous i think so right it's true but i, I mean i would like to see someone else lesnar's just like a wall of meat right. i don't think he has any i don't think he really has that much style That's to what fine. he does it it is fine, but I would like to see somebody a, a more a little more uh, cerebral wrestler than Lesnar, who just like basically throws himself in your direction. You know that's cool, but I don't see the Undertaker, who beat twenty opponents of various styles of wrestling, getting beat by a guy who's basically just a, a um you know a hurricane. That's it. He he should have been able to. I mean, in the storyline, he he should have been able to beat him. Because he's beaten far worse than him. Oh sure, yeah. But he, like you said, it, it's 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 been over twenty years, so it's right. I mean, but if it was his decision and he said, you know what, I'm going to bow out. It's time. Look at the guy. He is half the size he used to yes. be. Yes. And you you could just tell that the glory days are, are behind him, and he just wanted to to bow out gracefully, and he did. I I thought the walk at the end was awesome. Let's be honest, it was a really bad match the yes, whole it was. time. And if it went the way we all expected, and by all I mean 100% of the wrestling fandom, <laughs> and, he, yeah. and he won the match in some last second comeback where the, the F, the, the F5 didn't, didn't, didn't affect him and he rises up and then takes down Lesnar in a real quick, it, it would have been empty. We would have, the next week we would have said, been oh, regular, the, yeah. the streak continues and what it was a terrible match and it was a bad build and why did they bother and this forth. So, the, in, in essence, it's become 
this match became far more important than it otherwise would have been. Right. Right. And, and, right. and if, I know everyone keeps talking about this Sting versus Undertaker match that's supposed to happen at WrestleMania 31. If in fact that, that, that does happen, because apparently that's still the chatter. Yeah. It's better, and this is where the, they say that, that, that it shows that Undertaker is, is thinking about the company. It would have been really hard to sell to people Sting versus Undertaker if the streak was still alive that Sting had a chance because again there you have someone even less believable you have a 50 year old right. guy who's, who's never, never never been in the WWE so he means nothing to Vince he means nothing to anybody else he has no legacy there and even if it's his desire to wrestle the under, Undertaker and that was why he came there it's not anyone else's to care about it and, and I doubt Undertaker cares much about it so at least this way again he's handing it off to someone that whether we love him or not, it's someone that clearly Triple H and Vince value highly in in Lesnar. I mean, they clearly view Lesnar as an incredibly important part of their puzzle. Right. Yeah, right? especially so, with the money they're paying him. As right. far as Sting, and, and yes, you 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 are right. He, he's never wrestled in the company, and and there's no legacy there. He, he wasn't the franchise for that company. He was the franchise for their competition. But I guarantee you, especially if he is wrestling Undertaker next year. He will be in the Hall of Fame next year. Wow. Am I, am I correct in hearing someone mention this this week that Coco Beware is in the Hall of Fame? I, I believe he is. <laughs> they have gotten to the bottom of the barrel. They I are. love Coco Beware, but I mean, yes. come on. <laughs> I mean, really? Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it was, it was, it's like, you know, it's the same reason why, um, why some of the others that, uh, you just kind of, there was, there were a couple of years where they, they really didn't, have anybody to put in either he didn't make um he 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 didn't make amends with someone or he waited too long and the person's dead or or there's just um I would have loved for Savage to be alive and be in it. But as it is now, it, whenever he gets into it, it's he he's gonna be the Paul Bearer spot where, you know, maybe Lanny Poff will come out and talk about him. But and for the longest time Lanny Poffo's been saying that Randy's wish was that the whole Poffo family go in. Angelo, Lanny, and Randy all go in at the same time as the family. And, and, um, lately Lanny's just been like, you know what? Then if you just, if, if, if you, if you pay your respects, if you call my mother and, and, and give your condolences and you just want Randy by himself, then, then you can have Randy by himself and maybe someone else can induct him. But, um, there, yeah, there were years where they're just, it's, it's insane. I mean, there are, I'm looking at the list now. There are an incredible amount of people in the Hall of Fame. Yes. It's unbelievable. Cause it's it, been going it's, on for a bunch of years and, and you have, it's, it's been, yeah, they, they do what, like five or six people a year? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, but it took them long enough to get to mankind though. Yeah. Because he was that still was kind of active and he was also in TNA. Yeah. Um, Alright, I'm gonna ask you a name and you tell me if they're in the Hall of Fame or not. Okay. Okay. Wendy Richter. Yes. Mind boggling. Miss Elizabeth. Definitely. I don't think so. No. Really? Yeah. I think, I think when you, when you die under mysterious circumstances, you should automatically be inducted <laughs> into the Hall of Fame. Uh, William the Refrigerator Perry. I wanna say he's in the celebrity wing. Correct. Chief Jay's in there, yes? Yes. Good. The Valiant Brothers. 
Oh, I don't know. I think they are. They are. How about uh, Ivan Putsky? Hold on a second. Sunny. Yes. No, she is? Yes. Yeah. Um, Sensational Sherry is in the Hall of Fame. Yes, she is. Sunny is, uh, she was, she was Chris Candido's wife. She was, uh, she's his widow now. She, uh, she was with the, she was the manager of the Body Donnas back in the day. She was a fine looking woman. Uh, Look at before, you. Before the drugs. Paul but, Ellering. You didn't answer the Ivan Putsky. Is he in there or not? I'm looking it up right now. It's he better be one in of there. those Polish power. But is Paul Ellering in there single or is he right there with the the Road Warriors Legion of Doom? He's in there single. No kidding. Good for him. Ivan Putsky is in the Hall of Fame. Yes. Nice, nice, nice. I will say one thing about WrestleMania 30. It was open season on Spanish speaking commenters. Yes. Or commentators. Yeah. They, that tape got destroyed like what? Four times? Yeah. Yes. And even, it what got, it got to the point where Ricardo's like, dudes, the French are right there. Just go destroy that table for once. Really? I can't <laughs> destroy the French the table. Grand Wizard. They're not gonna oh, say anything. Oh, of course Grand Wizard's in there. I don't know who that is, but yes, you're right. He was, he was Superstar Billy Graham's manager. Yeah. That was nice before Jason's time. Uh, Jason's young. Fabulous Moolah. Of course. Ah, oh, yes. Yeah, without a doubt. Terry Fun. Alright. Terry Funk, that's, yes. Oh, wait a minute. I didn't think the four horsemen are in the Hall of Fame. That's yes, awesome. this is, this is going to be, that, that's why they're probably, the reason, the reason why he went in as Razor Ramon and not Scott Hall is because the talk is they're going to do the outsiders as a team. And that's when he'll go in as Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. Um, so they may do one for evolution, which will give Ric Flair three rings. Cool. Cool, that's cool. There you, there All right, let's go. get to some comics. Yes. Yes, God God bless you, Ultimate Warrior. Um, sad to see you go, but hope you're having fun. And if this are. is your first episode of listening to us, welcome. And yeah. Don't always talk about wrestling. This is just a special. We, we usually have a fourth dude. Yes, but th- I mean, this was a really special WrestleMania and the events of, of last night into today kind of uh exacerbated it as I can't say the word but yeah so yeah, let's do comics what do we got Jason you like to talk let's hear what you read well I, <laughs> I want to play hot potato here because David Ooh. bought a bunch of old school DC comics on comicsology and then when I saw them I read some of them in anticipation of his having read them so that we could discuss them, but then did you touch touch base during the week and say I'm gonna read this? Why don't you read this? No, no. But but then last week the thing I read, which was the Deadshot miniseries, David had not yet read, even though I hadn't was, reread. That's what I mean. And right. I left our show last week saying that there was something that happened in that miniseries that was so shocking to me. I can't believe that it happened, and I don't think that either Marvel or DC would put that in a mainstream comic. In today's day and age, no chance of it. Well, don't leave me hanging. What was well, it? I, so if I'm not mistaken, Dap corrected his grievous error of last week and read the issues. I did read the Deadshot Mini, yes. Look at you. So what was it that, that was so well, shocking? I, that- I didn't say, so I'm wondering now that David has reread them if he can guess what I was talking about. <sighs> Spoilers I, for the 1986 miniseries we're about to discuss. Yes. Yeah, I've never read that. Are you serious? Because it I, was I, it was an offshoot it, of of the um, it, it spun off from the Suicide Squad series. 
Yeah. Because it's the first issue starts off with um with 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 Floyd undercover. And now, remember now, it's 89. The only DC books I'm buying are Batman Millennium. and Superman. Oh, okay. Batman and Superman. Yeah, and the and the company like the event right. books. I, I I would buy those. But to stray outside of those, um, well, I would buy the weird ones like like Suicide Spectre. Squad. Yeah. I I I didn't buy Suicide Squad as it came out. I got those. You have after the McDonald, man. I don't understand. I I I don't. But I'm just saying like Spectre, Lobo, Demon. I read all that shit. But the the regular like Green Lantern books, and I didn't read those. I didn't yeah, read. I was, you know, I was all about every. The, the paramilitary special, any goddamn miniseries, anything that, that, especially if Bisley was doing the art, but anything Lobo related, I was all over. Right. Because it's Giffen and the man is, well, like, comp Scott. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Alan, Alan Grant too. But yeah, so, so it starts off with, with, uh, with Deadshot on a mission, uh, but then he gets a letter from his ex-wife and, uh, basically tells the wall that, uh, he's gotta go handle some business. And, um, and she's not too happy about it, but he basically says, listen, I did what you needed me to do. I'm going to go take care of this. I'll see when I get back. And, um, we find out that, uh, his son has been kidnapped. Um, and his, it's weird. I don't know if, I think at the time, the events involving his son were pretty heavy and and it's 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 a shame that they happened in a mini series that probably not too many people read i would i would almost guarantee that yeah. whereas you had andrew vox write a story about abused children in batman and mm-hmm. you know that made that made some headlines in the industry because here's a novelist and, 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 and a children's rights activist and, and he's basically telling a story in Batman about what he knows and, and, um, but I don't think they would show what they showed in that shot in a Batman comic. Um, but in, before the series wraps up and, and we, we, we see Deadshot's mom. Um, there are the the people who kidnapped Deadshot's son. One of them is a little touched, and <laughs> that's a good way to describe it. Yeah, he he isn't he's he he is not um he's not all there, and he seems to have a fondness for little boys, and. He is left alone with Deadshot's son while his brother is trying to handle business and, and make sure Deadshot is, uh, is taken care of. So while all that's happening and Deadshot, and they introduce this one guy, uh, uh, a black Rambo type guy who, who is, seems to be tripping and He's introduced and he's pretty much done away with in the same issue. And I was kind of like, is like, for for someone who's supposed to be built up as his as his badass in the few pages we see him, and Deadshot like basically does what Deadshot does and 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 puts him down. But uh, while Deadshot is tending to all of this, um, we find out that 
the brother, the um, the the unstable brother, um, we see him trying to tell Deadshot's son to stop playing. I know, I know you're you're only playing dead. I I, I didn't mean to hurt you. You, you need to wake up now. Um, and it's it's obvious what this man has done to this boy. And, um, wow. Did, now, did Ostrander write this? Ostrander and Kim Yale, yes. Yeah, I'm not surprised. But, uh, well, uh, John, John likes to, likes to push buttons. Yes. When, it, when, it, when he's in the DC. But universe. I was floored, yeah. I have to say. Again, this was, I, I didn't read this back then. This was my first experience, and I couldn't believe that. Just as David described, that they had this guy effectively molest and murder Deadshot's son. I, I, I couldn't, I, I could not fathom that happening in a Marvel or DC comic right today. And yeah. and then well, Deadshot castrated him. Good for him. It, it was the the late eighties, and that was the the gritty period. Yeah, it was, was post Dark Knight. It was post Year One, but it it's still. And like I said, and they and and they probably figured, okay, we can get away with this because it's it's Deadshot, and it's and 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 Suicide Squad wasn't exactly you know a, a romp through the daisies. I mean, there was sure, they, sure. they they were dealing yeah. with some things that you wouldn't normally see, in especially. In the Bwahaha Justice League of America right, book, so. right. Well, if Canary can get raped, I mean, she she was not exactly an A-lister at the time, but up there, you know, she was in the Justice League. In the Justice League. Yeah, and and I think anybody who was kind of reading the Longbow Hunters probably was familiar with Green Arrow from the hard traveling heroes days and knew that black canary sure. was a member of that team. So, um, I, yeah. so would you, would you say that was a, a precursor to, um, what's the famous, uh, the rape story, identity, uh, crisis? identity, crisis? identity, identity crisis. That's probably a precursor. Yeah. I think there's, there's ties there. Got to think about it a little bit more, but there, yeah, go ahead. I don't know. Sorry. I don't know. I'm not saying. No, I'm not saying Brad Meltzer was paying you know, homage con- to it or anything, but it's- no, conceptual. But I mean, that's that's one of the when when you have a, a heroine of of her um, stature get raised. It is interesting. That's, that's it, it is, but big you point. know why I, I I don't know if I agree with that because it's not something that that Ollie referenced when they when they found out what Doctor Light did. It's also an easy uh, plot. Oh yeah, it, it definitely hits the buttons it's supposed to hit. Nobody, yeah. nobody much like the molestation of a child that's going to pretty much guarantee that 99.9% of your your readers sympathize with the person you want them to but sympathize at, at with. the time when i when i originally read it i don't i i doubt i glossed over it but it it didn't have the the impact that it had last week when i reread it i it 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 def, it, it it was a stronger reaction from me last week than it was when I was right sixteen years old. Whatever. That's well. It's a different climate now. It's a different climate, and and I'm I'm older and 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 realize you know I have nieces. I I, I realize you know that that that's a good point. Like this exist, whereas back then it was either in a comic book. I I, I wasn't as um aware of certain things so it's it's uh it was definitely yeah see it, it's it's weird because 
Punisher, well, no, I, I, I don't know if I'd, I, I'd probably agree with Jason. I don't think I'd really see that in a, uh, I, it wouldn't have played out the same way. In a Punisher. Right. Frank, Frank would never let it get to that stage. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, they're crazy. Uh, it wasn't just a DC thing. Let's not forget that, uh, everybody's favorite feminist empowered Marvel superheroine, du jour of Miss Marvel was at one point in the Avengers raped by her own son and impregnated. So yeah, I always forget about that. Avengers 200 baby. Yeah. Her son comes back and gets her pregnant with himself. Was that Roy Thomas? <laughs> um, you know, offhand, I don't know. I don't remember. Hmm. Hey, you know what? Let's move it on a little bit because David and I read something that's pretty close to uh, it also involves the abuse of children so it's the feel good much, yes, wow. it is, it is. Yeah. Yeah, this is whooping in <laughs> listeners after our <laughs> yeah maybe, maybe you guys should have, should have uh, poured something a little bit harder tonight well this is a little bit more light hearted it well, well there's it's, there's some bullying but it's overall it's it it just kind of sets it, 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 it doesn't the go there. It, 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 yeah, it lets yeah. you know where this takes place. Right. It was it was written by Felipe Smith, illustrated by the awesome Trad Moore. Awesome. Oh, what? I didn't read this. Oh, I get it. I don't know. <laughs> don't talk to me, buddy. Uh, it, uh, <laughs> color so color funny. art by Doctor Hugh himself, Val Staples, yeah, yeah. with uh, Nelson Daniel in tow. It is the first part of a story called Engines of Vengeance. I love that, that title. I love it. And it, it is called the all new Ghost Rider. Number all one. News. Everything's alpha, everything's beginning with A at Marvel now. That's okay. I'm, That's alright. Oh my. Well, it's just if, if I'm in comicsology and I'm looking for Ghost Rider, I don't think to go right at the top and go all new Ghost Rider. I'm looking for Ghost Rider, but yes, that's right. So in a nutshell, uh, what we've, uh, been granted so far is pretty simple. You got a kid, Robbie Reyes, lives in the not so nice part of, uh, what was it, East Los Angeles? Yeah. A lot of gang activity, a lot of, a lot of, uh, shots being fired, uh, firecrackers. Just, just, yeah, not exactly the place you want to, you know, vacation. Uh, and he's a mechanic. Uh, working on a, uh, beautiful, beautiful black is the void Dodge Charger. Yes, um, and, uh, he takes care of his young special needs brother. There, there's no parents involved in this for reasons we've yet to, to learn. Um, Gabe is wheelchair bound and may have other issues as well. Uh, but the kid loves comics, loves his, loves his Loves his big brother, Robbie, um, and unfortunately for the kid, he's bullied. He's picked on by a bunch of uh, idiots. Uh, they knock him out of his chair, uh, throw his comics all Lots around. Yeah, just not nice guys. Uh, really, real, real scumbags. Uh, thankfully, Robbie comes and, and breaks it up, and for his uh, efforts, he gets the shit kicked out of him. And his boots stolen. And his boots stolen. Uh, but after hours, after, uh, Gabe is, is in bed and, and safe and sound, Robbie decides to take the Dodge Charger and make a little bit of bank for his brother because I can imagine taking care of a child of this, uh, with, with his, uh, issues is not cheap nor easy. So he, uh, enters a race, uh, the purse being $50,000. That's a 
lot of money for one race, but uh, it's an illegal race. It's a street race. And uh, he's all set to win when um, the cops show up. Or are they? Drive, we, right. And they uh, chase him. Uh, and he he uh, unfortunately barrels down a dead end into an alleyway. And as he's giving himself up, because there's a page in here that's gorgeous. Mm. And he, he pictures himself um, being arrested. Yeah. And what would happen if such an event uh, occurred that the brother would be devastated no one would be there to take care of the brother he'd be put into some kind of foster home and and didn't want that to happen so so he he bows out gracefully and he's got his hands up and they blow the shit out of him the 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 cops uh empty their their clips into him and young uh robbie is um like the parrot in in the monty python he is no more but something happens because uh as the cops are opening the trunk, which is full of drugs, the the spirit of vengeance infuses young Robbie, and that's where the issue ends. Sadly. It's, like I said, simple, but um, I absolutely adored this book. I I went back. Um, before, I read it three times. I, yeah, I, I, I definitely, I flew through it probably about, yeah, probably about three, four times, and uh, I picked up little things. Each time I, I read it and, and that's how, you know, I realized that his, his boots were, were taken from him when he tried to, to, to rescue his brother from the bullying. Um, I noticed there was someone else in the garage with Robbie when he went to go open the car door because you see someone behind him with red eyes. And I noticed how the, uh, he puts the helmet on. Holy shit, David. He puts the helmet on. I did yeah. not even notice that. When he puts the helmet on, something funky happens. Oh my happens. god. Look at that. Oh yeah, because you see the, the, the Ghost Rider flame, the, the trademark flaming head reflected in the, 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 right. the window. Right. Yeah. Uh, so. I but I did not catch it. Look at how small it is. Yeah. It's, Oh, that's David, like, good eye. That's why it's awesome reading it on Comixology because you get to zoom in. But it's, it's, yeah, I, I studied every fucking page. I, this, this was, I mean, I, Danny Ketch, eh, but Johnny Blaze, I, I, I loved that old Ghost Rider series ending with, with his battle against Mephisto. It, it issued 81 and, and when he came back, okay, you know, it was tied in with the Danny Ketch thing, but, and then, but you you know what, Mark Panicia is that how you say it, Panicia? I think it's so. Closer than I'd get it, yeah. In the in the uh, blazing a new trail page right. that caps off the issue says, you know what, Ghost Rider riding uh, driving a car, not so far fetched because the character has changed. Oh yeah. Mode, modes of transportation in the past. He was originally horsebound. Yeah. yeah, and then he changed to the motorcycle, no, and now I, now it's a car. I don't. Uh, I have no issues with that at all. No, same here. No. And it, and it's not like. It's not like it's Danny Ketch was like, oh, I'm getting too old to ride a motorcycle. Let me drive a car. It's, it's a new character. And, and there's a reason why the, the, the spirit of vengeance is, is going to latch on to Robbie. And, and I want to see that play out. I do wish. I love the shock of white in his hair. I, yeah. Or because that kind of symbol symbolizes the flames. You know, I, that's the thing about this book. Everything from character design, color, uh, page layout, 
drawing style, inking style, it, everything is top notch. It's just gorgeous. There's nothing that that seems to be uh you know dropped in here on a whim or just like, yeah just fill that panel with something everything seems to be planned when uh and I love when it. i got to the end of the issue i was hopeful i i wanted it it reminded me of of back in the day when especially like power pack number 1 when first issues were double sized i i could have i trust with one issue in I, I, I trust these storytellers and I, I, I'm, I'm dying to see the story play out. I know the second issue came out today, but I would have loved to have seen more in a first issue. Yeah. I, I wish it was longer too, but one of the things I, I was, uh, thinking as I'm reading it, because Trad Moore has this really nice balance between realism and, and exaggeration. Like, uh, he will often, bend an arm where an arm doesn't bend just like a cartoony kind of extension of the arm or some of his characters are kind of bowling pin shaped just to exaggerate the thickness of their 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 midsections and stuff and uh, as i'm reading i'm thinking what works for trad Moore didn't really work for larry stroman the last time we oh, saw uh, him on, on x factor where, where stroman was like molding these characters into these weird uh you know off kilter shapes it didn't work so well but i think trad moore's clean style like a cartoon-ish clean style and mixed with a little bit of exaggeration and realism it really works if there's a really nice balance to this and even though it looks like all the characters wear eyeliner that's okay because maybe they're fabulous <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't mind that. I don't mind it at all. Just, but the expressions, the, it's all just knocked it right out of the park. It's a beautiful, beautiful first issue. It is. It's going to make a hell of a collection. And they better put this bitch out in hardcover first. None of this trade paperback crap. All depends I want on the sales, this, brother. Uh, yeah, I want this. I think they'll be good. I want this in hardcover. Just the, the pimp holding up the money bag. It's <laughs> awesome. And you got the, the panel above. You got a nice mix of Latina, and you have to have the Asian woman in there. Monica, you know what I mean? Menage. Awesome. They, uh, the um, awesome, and and a nice silhouette of the uh, of the flag waver when when she started the uh, oh yeah the, the race. Turkey. But I'm dying to hear what Jason has to say. Yeah, me too. Why? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so convincing, Vince. I always hang on your word. He loves you. Tell, just tell me. Yeah, you, love you guys it. were grooving. I, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Yes. And yes. and let me say I do not consider myself a huge Ghost Rider fan. Oh, I of, am. I know. I know you are. We're talking about me right now. <laughs> Johnny Blaze and Danny Ketch both. I I've read most of their their stuff, but I never it was never a character that I clamored f- for more of. Um but I think it was be- not only okay to put him in a car. I think it was downright brilliant because yeah. if you're trying to let's think about what this comic is doing. It's it's totally it's taking a piece of Marvel IP that for business purposes we know they need to keep alive, but it's totally recreating it and making it timely. Uh, and it's divesting itself from those two piss-poor movies. Well, that's true. And if yeah. you think about it, while I guess motorcycles never go out of style, there's few things hotter right now than road racing. I mean, that's a wildly – for young readers, souped-up Road race cars are a way more contemporary and cool thing than motorcycles. Uh, and, so, and you got the Fast yeah. and Furious crowd. 
that's what I mean. And, and then, but, and then on top of that, they introduce us to a, a young Latino lead character, which is again, brilliant from a, uh, a perspective of trying to open up the boundaries of mainstream comics to new readers who look to identify with, uh, with people. And, and so I think right. it's, it's brilliant. And I was a little, I don't know if, I want to say circumspect, but I was, I was curious what Trad's art stylings would, would bring to this book in the sense that he was great on Luther Strode, but it was an ultra violent, very specialized book. And I didn't know how that would translate. And I couldn't be more pleasantly surprised. I, I really think, like you guys said, his, what he forgoes in, let's say, classic or tried and true anatomy is more than made up in the energy and the, dynamism yep. of his layouts and I think it's a great trade-off it's it's frankly a trade-off that I think I still wish we we got more of in comics I, I wish we I wish there were more artists that that drew to tell a story versus making sure they were always 100% on model if that makes sense right and while you were saying about um, Johnny Blaze you got to remember when the Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider uh, premiered Motorcycles were the rage. Mm-hmm. Easy Rider, uh, you know, you had the, the Hells Angels were Evil always Knievel. in. Evil Knievel was a superhero, a, a legitimate superhero. So for them to go the Fast and Furious route on this, that just makes perfect sense. And I, what the hell took them so long? I don't know. Think about it. I mean, this should have been done years ago. Which, but it's great that they're, they finally arrived. Um, and let's give some more credit to the visuals because even though Trad Moore's line work is so beautiful, I don't think it would be nearly as successful if the colors weren't so great. The color art in this thing is fantastic. Um, I, uh, there's very few solids in here, which is, which is great. I mean, there are always some kind of, look at the road on the, uh, during the road race. It, um, they, uh, Val and, uh, company, well, who's the other guy that I say? Dan, what's his name? Nelson Daniel. I was going to call him Daniel Nelson. Nelson Daniel, and you look in there and there's textures in here and the road looks like watercolor, uh, drops that just kind of like permeated the, the surface of the road. It's great. I love stuff that's just, just that little added extra, just to give a little bit of texture. You don't know? okay, have to go full process. Just a little bit of texture here and there. And I didn't notice, but you see the skull in the the rearview mirror during that that road race um, section. The one that kind of little speed racer ish, where you get different. There's like uh, really really thin panels chopping up the action. Did you did you see the the skull in the rearview mirror there, right above the newspaper that says Zabo escapes? Maximum security prison. Wait, wait, wait. Let me get that a page. It's a page after the checkered flag, the, the silhouette with the chick. Gotcha. Oh, okay. You see the skull in the rearview mirror. That's awesome. Yes. But yeah, I want this oversized premiere Marvel hardcover format yeah, right now. I mean, I, everybody's eyes. I, I mean, that's the thing. The, the, the eyes, the expressions that, that you just, it's, Awesome. No, the colors are amazing. The um, the whole thing. I, I was a little confused with the grid pattern. 
in that one section where he's where, with, where he's re- uh, trying to get away from the helicopter. Y- yeah. What what is 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 there an onboard kind of? No, I think that's just so that you know which where he was going. That 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 that's that's a bird's eye oh, so view he's, of he's, he's him pr- right. crisscrossing okay. the city. Um. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, no, it's it's that's effective. It's even though I, I didn't, even though I didn't get it, I'm sure someone else, a lot of other people did. Yeah, great stuff. It really is amazing, ama- amazing stuff. Actually, there's the callback to the uh, to the Johnny Blaze um, carnival outfit where he did his mm-hmm. stunt his stunt riding, and that's that's cool. No, I I am I am so happy for it, and I had the. Um, even the minion flipped through it because he's a car guy. So he, he saw the charger and he was just like, oh, but God, he was, he, he was digging it. So, uh, how does this book, um, render Johnny Blaze and Danny Ketch now? Does, are, I don't are think they... they disappear. We don't, we don't need to see them. No, we don't. But I mean, this doesn't have to be spirits of vengeance, right? But are they still, uh, I'm wondering, Will they still have their their little things going on in their various parts of the Marvel universe, or are we going just going to put them characters on hiatus? Well, we, for... All right, after the Jason Aaron stuff, we last saw Johnny Blaze what in that um, crossover with with Venom and Red Hulk, and right, which means like he still has the the mojo. So where did that? Did or he does he? Right? Yes, yeah, so that's, that's what, what I mean. Okay. Yeah. You you mean you're talking about Thunderbolts, right? Yeah. Oh, he's in the well, Thunderbolts. Yeah, he, he's Johnny Blaze is in the Thunderbolts, the current okay. incarnation of Thunderbolts. As of issue, like what, um, like towards the end, the tail end of of the the, the run. So um, I'm just wondering. Yeah, well, I'm sure there will be a crossover at some point because they'd be silly not to. Well, so are we to assume that it's a different spirit of vengeance? Well, I mean, Zarathos isn't. Inhabiting more than one host at once, right? Well, who says he can't? Well, he I, he never right. Well, you're right, but he never has before, is what I'm asking. Right. Right. Well, the, the Ghost Rider has never driven a car before, so maybe maybe that's cool. Maybe we'll get to see some kind of split. Maybe this this Zarathos or Zarathos is is like powerful to. The, I mean, he's he's a being of of formidable power. I'm sure he could partition that like a hard drive if you wanted to and give this character a little bit over here and give this character a little bit over here. Why not? Mm-hmm. Maybe he's a relative. That'd be awesome. Could be. Maybe he is. Yeah. Mayhap. Nah, this is so, which, so which, happy. Which could be, you know, I mean, it's, it's, which is a neat, which works out in it not being a double-sized first issue because we're obviously guessing and, and, and we're, we're dying to find, well, I'm dying to find out, you know, how this is so i'm you know yeah, if but you want to dangle it in front of me like i said i mean the second issue's out today i'm going to read that as soon as possible me too um, but i was going to say with marvel's publishing frequency you really don't need double size issues anymore because the next one's coming out in like two weeks anyway <laughs> it, it's just amazing how uh the 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 issue numbers of the current marvel books when i can remember them i i thought they like all premiered like maybe two weeks ago three weeks ago it just seems like relatively recently they started this marvel now thing we have some issues nearing 30 so far sure like that's crazy they just 
gangbangers with the with the uh, schedule. But that's good. I mean, if there's a demand, why not meet it? Definitely. Some people don't like it on the Twitter. They bitch about how many books Marvel well, puts out. But <laughs> I, don't think that's, I don't think that's all they're bitching they, about either. But I said, why would you wait? Why why would you waste your time bitching about Marvel's publishing frequency? Like, don't you have anything else to do? Well, I I, I agree. It doesn't. But why, why should, well, I agree, it doesn't accomplish that anything, but it, it, if, if you're, you forget lots of people are on budgets and it can be. Oh, I, I understand yeah. that. But this was a person who I don't think is reading them anyway. Fair enough. Yeah. And, and like, why would you concern yourself with that? You, you don't buy them, or if you're already not buying them, then why are you complaining about something that really doesn't affect you? I just, I'm st- just, I just, sometimes I just get tired of all the bitching. Uh-huh. Just enjoy it. I'm not watching that, but I heard it sucks. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's great. <laughs> Good talk, bro. Thanks. Haters gotta hate, yes. I, I, I don't, I don't know. But whatever. I mean, it is a free world, supposedly, and you can tweet about whatever you want. I just don't have to read it. Right, exactly. And, True. and you're, you're free to bitch yeah. about it then. So it's, yeah, right. bitch Am I bitching now though, or am I commenting? No, no. well, it's, you're, you're bitching about the bitch. You're trying to do what you um, said you should do, which is bitching about stuff you're claiming you don't read. Am I though? <laughs> in a meta, in a meta sense, you're admonishing yourself right now. Oh, I, I gotta stop admonishing myself because my vision's kinda not good. <laughs> but the, but the palms aren't hairy, right? <laughs> no, okay. the back is. Well, the back is very hairy. Resilience. <laughs> All right. So what else do we have to give to our loyal listeners? What else? I don't do suck your blood. This week I reread every single American vampire related issue published to date. Damn. Mm-hmm. Well, that's okay. So, so then, good because I am going to be reading the first issue of the new American Vampire book since I haven't read every American Vampire issue from the previous volume or the miniseries that Sean Murphy drew. Will I be okay reading this first issue? Good question. Uh, I'd say no. Damn. Okay. Looks like David got some catching up. To <laughs> I guess that news. You also forgot to mention the Dustin Nguyen miniseries. I didn't even know that was a thing. Okay. Uh, yes, sir. And H- how did you pronounce that? Nguyen. That's N-G-U-Y-E-N. Yes. That's the one you're... Yeah. So you pronounce it Win. I think so. Huh. <laughs> I, I think okay. So. That's good. Uh, Edification. Uh, there you go. And also the, the volume that, that Neesman shouted out, the last volume is, um, in addition to the series and those minis, there's a anthology. And then it was, I think about a 60 page one shot called Long Road to Hell that came out a few months back. And that was, that's claim to fame is that it was not only drawn by Raphael Albuquerque, but written by him as well. Oh, nice. So, um, but the, um, the yeah I, you know it's a, it's a series that I've I've loved own a bunch of art from it and with the second series or the second iteration of the series finally ready to launch I figured well why not I was going away for business so I threw all the issues in my briefcase in my suitcase and uh, pounded through them at the hotel uh it it it's just uh, I don't know what to say other than. The praise for the book is well deserved. I love this thing. I, I love every piece of it. 
I think Pearl is probably my favorite character of the last 10 years. My favorite new character. I think she's incredible. Um, particularly when she's drawn by, by Raphael. Um, and Schneider weaves this wonderfully intricate world, uh, but not at the expense of, of action. Um, and, and, you know, certainly there are lots of vampire stories out there and some people get tired of the trope and, and I get that, but, but I love that he's created all these different types of vampires. Uh, in this world, there are tons of different species. Uh, they evolve and offshoot from one another. Uh, each species has different characteristics. So the, the, the protagonists of the, well, I don't even know if they're protagonists, but the stars of the, of the series, which would be Skinner Sweet, um, who's the first American vampire, if you will. And then Pearl, who's his, his progeny. They're daywalkers. They, 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 uh, they can, they're totally fine to be out and about in the day. And in fact, are strongest in the day, uh, and are most affected, um, weakest when it's nighttime and the moon is uh, obfuscated. So, uh, I love that word. They, there's an awesome group, um, called the vassals that are basically the vampire hunters. And the great thing in rereading it all t- together is much like for those of you that watch Mad Men, one of my favorite things about Mad Men is that it takes the same set of characters and chronicles big jumps in time. So we see them through, through different periods of, of our country and, uh, different cultural sensibilities and political sensibilities and fashion and social mores. You see that in this book too. It takes you, starts you in the 1920s. Um, well, actually that's not true. In the first, in the first miniseries, which was written by Schneider, but co, there was a, the main series, the main story was written by Schneider, but the claim to fame, what really put this book on the map was that Stephen King agreed to write the backup story, mm-hmm. which is about Skinner. So in the first, we're first introduced to these characters in the 1920s, but also in the, late 1800s, which is the Stephen King part. And then we go all the way up through the late fifties over the course of the, of the, of the first 40, 40 or so issues of the book. Uh, and it chronicles their lives and it's, it's just wonderful. Um, I, I just love it. And the way Albuquerque draws vampires, it's, it's like heaven on earth. He, no, I <laughs> mean, it, it's, it's unreal. I mean, the way he, he, he draws them, they seem both savage Alien, but, but, but still sexy and, uh, he, he, he draws them with these really long, almost, uh, lady death, uh, almost like lady death strike claws, you know, the claws come out and, uh, it, these, these giant, uh, almost cat-like eyes. It's just, uh, I just love the whole series and, and it just held up so well. Um, you do. I do, I do. Um, the, the miniseries that I was, um, Talking about that Dustin Nguyen did though was, um, was Lord of Nightmares and that is, um, essentially integrating the, um, the Dracula mythos into Schneider's world. The Dracula in this world is, uh, uh there's a different species entirely. They're the Carpathians and there's this very old vampire that they don't know anything about who he actually is. His original name, where he's from, all they know is that that by the time our modern world, he is without question the oldest known living vampire, or living's an oxymoron, but the oldest known vampire that's still in existence. 
wildly powerful and has psychic powers to affect both uh, his own species. So he can essentially control uh, all Carpathian vampires are subject to his control. And this, when he rose to power, he he went about wiping out all of the other races of vampire and consolidated power. And this is hundreds of years ago. Um, and we're set in the modern day where this particular vampire who, for lack of a better term, is Dracula, um, is filed away in a deep hidden bunker well with, well away from anybody. Kind of think of like the way that Magneto was portrayed at the end of the, of the X-Men movie. You know, he's, he's, he's put away in a, in a place where theoretically his powers cannot affect anybody and he's been forgotten about. But, um, let's just say that, that some people remember that he exists and are set to try and free him. And, uh, and that's what this story is about. And it's just, the thing I love about it is again, this particular vampire and his progeny are very much like the vampires that we've gotten all the way back to Bram Stoker's Dracula, right? They look like that. They have those same kind of fangs. They don't, the rest of their bodies don't really morph all that much. They have an ability to influence people around them, particularly the opposite sex, hypnotically, that sort of thing. What's cool is that he finds a way to file that in in a very intelligent way and tying it into the vassals and tying it into the American vampires without discrediting or making it feel odd that his vampires that we read about mo- through most of the series are so different. Brilliant stuff, really, really brilliant stuff. So uh, I, I'm psyched that the series is back. It's long overdue. Um, once you read it, I'll be interested because I will say the the first issue, the most notable thing about it to me was that Raphael has continued to evolve his style, and he's going for a much looser approach with this with this new volume. Uh, he's, he's, it's, it's, I would, I wouldn't say it's dramatically different, but it's, to my mind, it's noticeably different style from him. Um, I would say no less impactful, but, but, but definitely a different approach. So, um, you can get these books in a million different ways. I assume that I'm assuming that the singles are still readily available, but, uh, well, DC is usually not very, very timely with putting out their collected editions. I guess in this case, they know where their bread is buttered because Snyder's pretty much their top dog at this point. So, uh, all six volumes, the, everything that's been written in the American vampire mythos so far is available in six hardcovers. Uh, hmm. and I definitely commend those to your attention. I think it's great. I, it's definitely one of my favorite. It's one of my top three or four series of the last five years. No question. Nice. You know, it doesn't surprise me that Snyder is introducing, um, different families of, of vampires. It, it's, I've, I've seen it whenever, um, a vampire themed series gets a little bit of legs and goes on for any amount of, of years, there always seems to be like, it's maybe the author realizes that, okay, I'm dealing with vampirism here and there's only so much you can do with vampirism. Uh, you can only get so inventive. So they always introduce different groups or families of vampires and and the most notable being the white wolf stuff like you have the gangrel and and you know the 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 it's, so it's like this doesn't surprise me it it it's almost seems inevitable at this point that that enriches a story so much when when you have 
um, what you know, and then you introduce something that runs counter to that in another family of vampires. Like you're still dealing with vampires, but maybe these vampires don't have the same mindset as the other ones. So you're you're still playing in the same pool, but it spices it up. Sure, and, I, and I, I've seen it a bunch. He even alludes to. He doesn't show you, but he alludes to it when the vassals are talking about the history of the species. He alludes to the fact that werewolves and zombies, quote unquote, are actually families of vampire that have different characteristics. Yeah. Oh. See, you, one of these days, um, when you're here, uh, I'll show you the white wolf stuff. Mm-hmm. That's that in a nutshell. Okay. You know, you had the werewolves who didn't like the vampires, who didn't like the ghouls, who did, you know what I mean? And it was just all this cross-pollination of all these different, and you can forget about the rules, because they're role-playing games. Don't even bother with the rules, just read the, the, the fluff, uh, that goes along with them, and it's, it's very similar. But I'm not saying Snyder appropriated it from White Wolf, that's just how these things go. I mean, it's inevitable. You always, you have to keep the franchise rolling, so what do you do? You introduce new characters. That makes sense. And, uh, yeah, you just made my interest jump when you said the, with the Carpathians, because I'm way behind on American Vampire and I need to, to rectify that. And you just put a little kick in my pants. There you go. Now what, what is the new series called? Is it American Vampire something or is it just American Vampire Volume 2? Second Cycle? It is called the Second Cycle, yes. Nice. It picks up in the 50s, I believe, either the, I'm pretty sure the 50s. It might be the early 60s, but I'm, I'm pretty sure the 50s. And Pearl is running somewhat of an underground railroad. Oh, nice. And at the very end of the first volume of the series, we're introduced to uh, a new antagonist. Um, Ooh. You you know very almost next to nothing about them. It's, 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 the to be continued kind of thing you know you're interested yeah, that's that's again that's another thing that's awesome about vampires is that the lifespan is so massive of these creatures that unlike a novel with humans you can't or uh, any kind of fiction involving regular limited lifespan humans you can put different periods in it and and have your characters traipse through the 40s the 50s the 60s you know it's like the league Writ, writ large. It's awesome. That's a, that's a, a great thing for an author to be able to do to, to, to change historical periods yet keep the characters the same. Mm-hmm. I, what else, what other genre can you do that in? Right, right. Uh, definitely. And, um, the, um, the, the, the antagonist is, is known as the gray trader, uh, who I've come to understand is oft referenced in certain components of American folklore, but I have yet to connect the dots there. Hmm. That's what you're going to be in 30 years. <laughs> well, I'm not, a t- <laughs> I'm not a traitor, but maybe I'll become one someday. Um, you, well, you deal with those people. Uh, but no, I, I just uh, I just love this freaking series. Uh, and, and Vince, if you're interested in the Carpathian stuff, you can get the Lord of Nightmares collection or issues and just read them on their own. I mean, that's largely a standalone I mean, I, I, I mean, I think it would have more meaning to you if, if you, if you were caught up on Skinner and Pearl and, and, and Pearl's husband and all that backstory, but you don't need to be. You know, when I left off, the, the, uh, was it, um, the war story? What was it called? I think that's where I was, they were, well, um, that was, so at that point in time, what David is referencing, that there was, 
that that was an arc within the main series, but at right. the same time concurrent to that was Survival of the Fittest, which was the the mini yeah, series being Sean run Murphy. by Sean Murphy. Yeah. Uh, and that those two series took place simultaneous to one another on different different axis of the of the right. World. That's where I fell off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That was 2011. So, and you will be very pleased to learn. I hope that I'm rectifying another oversight. And this DCBS order, I scooped up uh, Mind Management Volume One. Nice. I'm I I, I hate myself for not keeping up with that. So uh, I'll I'll be talking about that soon. But I got something else. What? Yes, this is an awesome book. It's from Avatar. Oh, jeez. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not crossed, even though the author of that is kicking ass currently. Uh, Cross 51 was another great issue. Garth Ennis is doing amazing stuff with that and relatively low-key. The second part of the patient zero is the first instance where we actually see some gore. So it's, it's not your typical cross story. But anyway, this was also written by Garth Ennis. Uh, artwork by Facundo Persio. Inks by Sebastian Cabrol. Color by Hernan Cabrera. And letters were by Kurt Hathaway. It's called Caliban. Did you see this thing advertised? Cannot say that I have. It's Garth Ennis' uh, new sci-fi project. Okay. Yes. Uh, the premise is awesome. It's amazing. It's kind of got an Aliens vibe to it in that the we are uh, shown the crew of an interstellar mining vessel. Mankind has broken free Mick of Foley's the solar. <laughs> yeah. It, mankind has broken free of the solar system. We have discovered warp travel. And um, we have not encountered, sadly, anything else in the galaxy other than where we came from. Supposedly, humanity is it. It's That's the end. We, we haven't encountered any kind of other races in our many travels across the, the, the galaxy. Uh, so the cool thing about it is... There are two uh, groups of crew members on this ship. There are the people that uh, maintain the ship, keep it alive, like Ripley. You got your navigator, you got your systems officer, the, the top level crew. But the majority of beings on this ship are in cryosleep because of the vast distances in which these things travel and the fact that they go into warp for God knows how long the the uh, majority of them are frozen, which means that the, the 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 crew that's actually awake have to undergo rigorous psychological testing because I can't imagine that's easy. You stare into the void for months, years, however long you're doing it. That sucker's going to start staring back, right? So uh, these people are handpicked based on their their scores in these psychological tests. And they're granted access to, they become crew members. So what we've got here is uh, a period of time where they're in warp space. The Caliban is, is, is screaming through warp and the ship hits something. It's like, what? How can you hit something in warp space? But it does. And when it hits the two ships, uh, parts, like they exchange 
realities. Part of one ship is buried in another and part of this what seems to be uh, an alien ship is fused into the Caliban. Uh, and unfortunately, we lose a crew member because um, when when the ships fused, it was like this dude that's trapped in the deck, right? And uh, he had the hots for the system officer. He's a young, mousy kind of guy uh, who had the the uh, the hots for the system officer. And she seems to be uh, she has a problem with uh, emotional attachment because the guy is breathing his last breaths, and he reaches out to her just to hold his hand to to for someone to be there with him as he passes on. She can't even do it. She she freezes and and backs off. But anyway, the 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 most shocking scene in this book is uh, when the two ships uh, intersect, uh, we have some, we lose hull integrity. And and what pours out into the void? All of the cryo tubes with the, the crew members. Uh-huh. It's, it's, it's very disturbing. Um, and unlike um, your typical Avatar book, the gore is minimal. No kidding. But, Are you sure it's from Avatar? It, it is from Avatar, <laughs> yeah. Huh. Um, and it's just uh, we get a little uh, sp- splash of blood with the character trapped uh, within the wall. Other than that, um, there's no relatively low profanity. There's no nudity whatsoever. And the gore is, like I said, very minimal. It couldn't, you know, it doesn't, don't believe, you don't want to believe the avatar on the cover, don't, because if you didn't know, you wouldn't guess. Uh-huh. Uh, but what, what's really cool is, um, the, the navigation, uh, no, not the navigation officer. One of the, uh, I think the acting captain, uh, is trapped between decks. And there's this, uh, portal that shows up where the wall of what should be their ship uh, and he, he goes up to it and manages to get it open. And when he does, there's a colossal, what you would normally associate with the gray aliens of, uh, pop culture with the big eyes and the elongated face. This thing is massive and it's, it's in this chamber and it suddenly desiccates and just drops into this cloud of stuff. And, um, and that's pretty much where the uh the issue ends so ennis sets up this this first meeting between um humanity and something else uh and and we're taken along for the ride but like i said it has a really strong uh aliens vibe to it um in the claustrophobic ness of of the the nostromo where uh you know he had a, a threadbare crew and everybody was getting on everybody else's nerves uh, surrounded by all this technology they really didn't know how to use um and something's on board the ship with them that's that's kind of the same vibe here only ennis takes it one step further and asks what the hell would happen if something smacked into something else in warp space it shouldn't be right Absolutely but it did right yeah it's just a great little book it's intriguing it's it's almost too highbrow for avatar <laughs> the the <laughs> The description you gave of the larger alien being evaporating into a dust sounds a lot like this stuff from Prometheus. I still haven't seen that. Really? Yeah, Yeah, I'm scared. I'm scared. Oh, wow. Uh, Okay. Yeah, because you know Alien 3 and Resurrection and everything else is just 
shit. You're not well, making a sequel, is, then. Love or hate this book, uh, this book, love or hate Prometheus, it's, it's incomparable to those other things. I mean, it's a beautifully made film. It's, it's, it's gorgeous to look at. It's, it's just a question of whether or not you think the, 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 the movie makes sense. I, 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 I really enjoyed the film. Um, putting aside whether it is or is not a direct connection to the, uh, Alien series, uh, although I, I I think it's fairly clear that it is, but but uh, but no, I, I I can't believe you haven't seen it. It's it's definitely a conversation piece. To- yeah, I have great faith in Ridley Scott, um, Thelma and Louise notwithstanding. <laughs> but um, I will eventually see it. But there was no rush. I I, I know it's there. When when I get to it, I get to it. Okay, you know? it's been two years. But I just, I just love Alien and Aliens. I think they're two of the just best science fiction movies ever made. Uh, and I would, I, sometimes I just want to leave it at that. Yep. Understandable. You know? Yeah. Well, but this, Prometheus doesn't take away from any of that. Right. Yeah. Alien well, Resurrection I, I, takes away from that. Prometheus doesn't. <laughs> oh boy, does Alien Resurrection yeah. take away from it. Um, and, and it, it's, it's kind of hard to believe that, that, some of that is is um, the Golden Boy at Marvel's fault. Well, Marvel movies, anyway. Well, no, well, how much did Joss Whedon have to do with Alien Cube? Did he directed it, or did he write it? He was involved in it. Oh, I know That's he was like, involved in it. Yeah, yeah. Anybody involved in in that movie? It, uh, I, I just. Well, that's I, why. I think that's why it, anything after Aliens is all bullshit. It's all. It's it all is. a dream. It's all it doesn't happen. And that could be written into the story. That could actually be the way it goes. It is. Because, yeah, because um, when 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 Ripley tucks in Newt, she said, "Yes, that's what I've been yeah, saying. True. That's true. what I've been saying for years." He, so he yeah, wrote and, Alien Resurrection for what it's worth. Oh, okay, all right. Oh, Fincher had to do it. We, Whedon. Whedon. No, 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 no. But didn't did did Fincher have anything to do with the third one? I don't believe there is so. a there is a name. Who was somehow attached to one of the alien movies? One of the after after Cameron was done it wasn't Singer. I want to say it was Fincher. Hmm. But anyway, um, I think you should check out this this Caliban because it's really cool. Um, and it's like I said, it's not your standard Avatar fare for right now. I mean, you know, it's, this is just the first issue. They could all become rape crazy. Um, homicidal maniacs from the, the dust of the alien. Who knows? But, you know, take that into consideration, um, the, the company that's publishing it. And, you know, maybe it will. I doubt it. Uh, I don't think so with Ennis. If it was another writer, there would be that fear. But with Ennis, I don't think so. I think he's got something really planned for this. I thought it was great. That's cool. Yep. Fincher directed Alien Cubed. That's what I thought. Okay. So see, we all do make mistakes. Yeah, well, that was a massive mistake. A, a massive, dark, bloodthirsty, rub it in the face of the fans mistake. But again, you, I, I, I can totally forgive him for that because almost everything else he's ever done has been terrific. Absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's we oh. all have to start somewhere. And and Speak, speaking of movies, nobody saw uh, Cap Two. No, I, ha- I, yeah. I really wanted to see it this past weekend, but. Uh, with uh, my oldest being really sick, we couldn't go. And then 
Mania was Sunday, so no, I, I, I really hope to see it this weekend. I do too. Yeah. If not, I know that, um, we have, uh, we're off next Wednesday for a dentist follow up, and I'm hoping, uh, I can sneak in for a couple hours and see it Wednesday. Mm-hmm. That the latest. I, I'd like to see it. I just, just because I want to see it, I, I think Renee would dig it, and, and, uh, I, I hate having things stay on my, TiVo, and I really want to get back to watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so. So to be clear on this, because the second I got back from my business trip, my boys asked me if I watched this week's Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. because it was awesome. And I have not yet. Now, is I it haven't either. for sure that we can't watch this Agents it will, of S.H.I.E.L.D. without spoiling? I, yes, because well, I was... um one of the last things I noticed on Facebook last night before I called it a day and before... um it was about two minutes to nine, and Derek Howard sent me a text saying that get off the internet now. <laughs> um, and uh, and and um, and one of one of Peter David's Facebook posts was that I feel really sorry for anybody watching Agents of Shield right now and trying to stay spoiler free with Captain America. Wow! Now, boy, they and, don't give you very much they time. Really no, they do, but that, but but the end of last week's. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the last scene after the commercial break before they rolled credits was a scene from Winter Soldier where Nick Fury is, is trying to get away from someone and, um, Winter Soldier shows up. I mean, it's, it's all in the trailer and everything, but you know, Winter Soldier standing there in the middle of the street and flicks the bomb under the car and, and that's how Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. ended last week, said to be continued in the Winter Soldier. And now whatever happens in the Winter Soldier, trickles down and affects shield which you kind of get the idea from just watching the trailer alone but i didn't know how tightly woven everything was so i'm going to give them i'm going to listen to them i'm not going to watch the show and until i see the movie and um and take it from me because i i want to see how i want to see how it's supposed to play out instead of me guessing or, or seeing the show and then right. figuring out where everything fits in even if it's quite obvious or, but I'll just, but yeah, so if you, I would really, basically just like they did with Superior Spider-Man where you read 29, then the annual, and then 30, I'm going to say, watch last week's, watch the movie, watch this week's. You, so you read those? I read those issues of Superior Spider-Man. Oh, me too, me too. I'm, I'm, I'm crazy with, with. Theories and guesses and, and yeah, yeah but I, I, none of them make sense. None of them makes no, sense. No, because of one little panel. One little panel yes. with one little mask and all of a sudden your whole world is just poof, it it's It doesn't make any sense. Doesn't. Why if that's who uh, Jason, do you not want to know? Oh, I honestly don't care at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right then. Wow. No, I Jeez. mean I, I that, that that's going to sound wrong. I I I'm saying I don't don't not speak about it because of me if I if when I do catch up it'll be months from now and I I will not have remembered. Okay. At, at at one point in the story, um, we see the back of Liz Osborne, and in her hand Liz is Allen. It, it Liz. Okay, Liz Allen. Um, in in her hand is a. She's got her. Mask. She's got her hand behind her back. She's talking to her and, son, and and he leaves the room, and we cut down to what she was hiding behind her back, and it was the Goblin King, the Green Goblin's mask. Right, Green Goblin's mask. But at one point in the story, the Goblin. Uh, tries to prove that he is Norman Osborn, lifts up his shirt and he's got a gaping hole in his chest from where the, the glider the, hit him. 
slider hit him. So I'm thinking, um, well, we knew from the beginning that it wasn't Norman. We kind of, we kind of guessed that it wasn't Norman. Oh, but see, no, you, I, I, I don't think it is. I don't, and, and, don't. I don't. and it's, and it's perfectly logical to think that. And, and, and Hassan and, and Andrew and I have, I have plenty of people who, you know, we're, we're, we're batting some theories around and I completely get why people would say it isn't Norman and, and the clues that for, for, for the goblin to say he's Norman and not show his face, but show his chest and for him to just say it, Yes, that, it was deliberate. That would, make, it was, then that would make you think yeah. that Slot is just fucking with you, and and yes, it isn't. It isn't normal. Saying oh, it, is, oh, it isn't normal. He's, he's definitely screwing. Oh, absolutely. Us. Yeah, big time. And it's got it's it's maddening because of all the people I expected it to be, Liz was definitely not one of no. them. And it, and that was another thing where it's it was. There's no boobies. <laughs> he doesn't have boobies it when was, he's well, in. Hold the on a second. How long did we have Ronan? It was actually an Echo, and, and it was supposed like to be Daredevil. Uh, I'm saying that's you know the uh, but this this just adds credence to how slick and subtle oh, he Slot is. is because yeah. if if it is Liz, then she was an afterthought for me because she just kind of slid in to take over. For take over from Max and and take over Horizon Labs and that's where she kind of just planted herself with with yeah but Alchemex and then that see what? with all the stuff she was doing with Jameson and the Spider Slayers and producing these 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 new suits I don't think she would have time to to I mean you don't right. you don't. She, Oversee the production of, of, let's just say, let's limit it to a hundred. A hundred super powered, um, you know, combat suits and, and just have time to go running around with a bunch of lackeys doing damage to, to Spider-Man and, 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 um, the, uh, the original, the Hobgoblin. Like, she would not have, her schedule would be full. Especially when you think about what went on in the subway. Yes. You know? So, I mean, what do we know? Let's just look at what we know here. The person under the the Goblin King mask has intimate knowledge of the Osborne family. Yes. Okay. Maybe Liz would. Maybe I. She would definitely know she what know, Harry knows. Yes, but would she know? Would she know things that Norman would know? Because Norman's when Norman blew up the buildings. And, and really try to tear, try, try to bring Spider-Man to his knees. When, when he was explaining to Spider-Man how you took this from me, how you took this from me, well now I'm gonna take this from you, and hey remember when this was like, would Liz know those things? I don't see how she could. Which, how? But so, and, and I, and, and I'm gonna keep saying it, which means that it's not going to happen, but I have a feeling that those are memories that a clone would have. I don't think Liz is all that familiar with, with Doc Ock. And the person under the Goblin King mask definitely is. Yes. So I think it's a stretch to say maybe the person in the, in the Goblin King mask is, has the ability to cloud people's minds or has some kind of serum that. Did she find a diary? 
Maybe she's working for the Goblin King. Maybe, you know, that, maybe that was left somewhere in, in her presence or she was bringing it to him. Or Or maybe the person that is the Goblin was in the building. You know what I mean? He needs, yeah. he needs her to wear a mask to throw them off his scent and, and Could be. Way, you know, she's going to tie into, she, you'll see her on screen as, as the Goblin King. So this way, not Norman can escape or something like that. It, it's just, yeah, it, it's, I can't wait for 31 to come out. It's, I, it's mad. It's driving me crazy. But, I got to I, I have to, we only have two more issues. I have to say, I, I was, I was telling this to Andrew. I, I'm not sure because, I was looking at it from a few different angles and as much as I would have liked to have seen Peter's, uh, the, the final battle between Peter and Otto, part of me wanted to see something a little bit more grand, but on, oh. on the other hand, it really was fitting the way it all played out. He surrendered. Otto surrendered. And in a matter of just a, a page or two, the fight was over and he, he, he surrendered. He, he, he admitted yep. that, um, that he had, he overcompensates. He, he was, he, he was trying to do things his way, which he realizes were the wrong way. And that how Peter goes about, air quotes, fixing things is, there's a there's a method to Peter's madness, and and but he he also admitted that that Peter was the better. Yes, person, you were better, you were the you hero. were the superior one, and it 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 and yeah. it, it, it I that is far better than having him lose in a battle. Yes, yeah. yeah. So I mean, it it and it 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 kind of sums things up for 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 how Otto handled handled everything in the beginning, and 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 how he he accepted exactly. things. It just. Yeah. It was. It actually hurt. That 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 sequence was was kind of painful because I've grown to love the absolutely bull, bull cut bastard, uh, you know. And the 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 one uh, double page with the boom, that was devastating. As as the Goblin King just blew up all the significant yes. uh, places in Otto's life, just destroyed them. So what they're doing here is they're effectively scrubbing Octi- Doc Ock from the I was I, I had um. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a yeah. way to look at that. I was, I was talking to, um, I was texting Mario when, when it happened and, and it, it basically, um, slot, what slot did was, um, and, and you just have to look at Amazing Spider-Man number one for, for it to be an absolute, but slot did, slot is one, Slick bastard because he basically rebooted Spider-Man's corner of the universe because mm-hmm. Spider-Man is, he's, he's, Peter Parker is not going to be a scientist for Horizon. He's, he's back to, he'll be back to the old costume. He'll be back to, um, probably being unemployed. Everything. Jameson is not going to be mayor. Um, you, you, uh, just everything that happened prior to Superior and even going back further than that, it's all been, it's, we, we now have a new Spider-Man year one, chapter one, whatever you want to call it. Right, right. So like without, Jameson. without, without needing some, some line wide event of, of some higher being, 
wiping things away or, or doing some obvious reboot. This was slot telling a story and, and Spider-Man and, and his universe, his, his cast of characters, they are, it's, it's a new. 32 issues, two annuals, we better get an omnibus. That'd be sweet. Yeah. It's, it's, and it would have to, and and they'd have to do some of the pages from 600, from, uh, from, from 500. So, yeah. Yeah. But still, we better get it. Or 67. Um, completely satisfying so far. I, I don't think he's going to fumble in, in the last two either. So I think it's safe to say that, yeah, one of the, one of the all time great Spider-Man stories. Yeah. Yep. Easily. All right, let's check the clock on the damn wall here. Oh, we still got time. Let's hear from Jason. Um, hmm. <laughs> well, I don't know. Read... Again, I read 50 issues of one series this week, so I don't know. Oh, how about uh, Silver Surfer, number one? I haven't read, read that? it yet, no. Also by Mr. Dan Slott. I have not read that yet either. Probably why I haven't read it yet. But... Uh, well, I won't oh. say anything. I'll just tell you that it's damn pretty. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it is. You know who drew it, right? Yeah, it's all red, right? It is all mm-hmm. red. It is damn fun. I, I I heard a review of it on another podcast, and it the review did not rise it up to the top of my list. Hmm. Um, it's very silver agey, mm-hmm. which I loved. Uh, you you can't have all red at the helm and have don't and you don't have a silver age vibe to it um i i liked it a lot i thought it was great okay a little lighter than i expected that's what i heard i heard it was but yeah but when you when you have the the wandering jew beating himself up for serving this galactic force of nature uh for decades Mm -hmm. i i think we need a little bit of lightheartedness when it comes to silver surfer and it's not really fluffy i mean He's brought in to, to help save this, this, um, uh, this, uh, race of people live on the miniature planet and he reignites the sun. But, uh, there's another, um, mission he's on here and it involves, um, they, the aliens use someone as leverage to get him to participate and he has no idea who he, who she is. Like we're just introduced to her ourselves. So how she, matters in the surfer's life and you know why is remains to be seen but no i thought it was great very very gorgeous book and uh laura allred's on here too right yeah did you read it yet david no i have it uh right here in the wings uh there was there was that and um something else i was eyeballing that i wanted to um uh there was there, there were two Two recent Marvel books was it? Was it Iron Patriot? There was something else. Well, I will say of of the of the new Marvel now, the all new, brand spanking new, really new Marvel now books that are coming out. Uh, the first issue of Secret Avengers I thought was great. Uh, written by Alesh Kot and art by our good buddy Mr. Michael Walsh. Yes, uh, with Matt Wilson on colors. Uh, I, I I thought it was funny. It was action-packed. Walsh's style is perfect for an espionage book, uh, but he he put so much detail in it. There's lots of sight gags. Uh, 
just thought it was 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 awesome. I, I really really loved it. So, and he he, he has Modok drawn as uh, his Modok is bald. There's no more hair on the top, which is funny. And he's got him in a instead of the, the floaty type. Yeah, yeah, it's like a right like a spider like or a crab like type of getup. So I dug that too. The uh, it, it I enjoyed. I enjoyed most of it. It was, um, I, I thought the, uh, the, the scenes with Spider-Woman and Black Widow were, were funny. I like the interaction between, um, Nick Fury and Coulson. Um, and Maria Hill is, is in charge. And, and then there's just, I, I might just be Hawkeye out. And, and there, there is, there is a lot of Hawkeye. I thought that the cover by Trent Moore true. was nifty. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, um, I'm going to keep going with it because one character out of so many is not, um, it's not enough for me to not see where the story's going. And, and, uh, and they, it's, while I may not be the biggest fan of Hawkeye, it, seeing him in these situations and, the people that are around him, how they react to his situations and basically um, get their digs in wherever they can. I appreciate that. The uh, So, yeah, and, and the creative team has really – I trust them. I, it, it, I haven't read anything by them where I uh, – I wouldn't give him the benefit of the doubt, so I'm 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 gonna see where this is going. Yeah. Hmm. Yes, Vince. No, that's cool. That's Did cool. Did you not read it? That's cool. I I have it. I haven't read it yet, though. Mm. Yeah, I I wanted to try something a little different, and um, yeah, it didn't work out that well. What? But what do you mean? I read Aquaman and the Outsider. Or, no, uh, what's it called? Aquaman and, and, the, others. and, the, and the others. The others. Sorry, right. I think of Batman and the Outsiders. Aquaman and the others. Mm. Mm, not so yeah, much. Dan Jurgens wrote it, and um, Lan Medina penciled Ooh. it. So There's a blast from the past. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the original penciler of uh, Fables. Yeah. It. I don't want to say I, I disliked it. It is just it was I was lukewarm on the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I guess there's these there's these Atlantean artifacts that one of Arthur's ancestors made off with this very important cache of gold okay. and, and and had it fashioned into these Atlantean artifacts and they're they're now in this is thousands of years ago they're now in the possession of this group of characters like one guy this prisoner of war guy has these these bracers or the manacles that do something and and this this um Jungle Girl, Yawara, that's the best page. Uh, Lan Medina draws this character like crouched over with a knife drawn and it looks, it looks really great. But, uh, Aquaman's Trident is, is another one of the artifacts. It was just some, whenever these characters are spread apart, uh, whenever they're not in proximity with each other, mm-hmm. the art, the artifacts don't work the way they should. And so I guess that's the uh, reason for getting them all together and blah blah blah. But the 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 best the best part it was, about it was the the last page, because I be, do believe that this is the very first instance where we are teased. Um, future's end. Uh, one of one of the characters is being taken away 
and, and in her eye you see um, the Trinity in their their uh, OMAC uh, bug bug forms from this Future's End weekly that's coming up, and I'm all into that. Me too. I pre-ordered it. I'm gonna I'm gonna as long as it's good, I'm gonna read it as it comes out weekly. Yeah, well, me too. I ordered what we had to pay up until issue eight yes. on this order form. Yes. Yeah, so I, I'm really looking forward to that. Not for reasons uh, that um, Giffen is on it. Why not? And Azarello, that that should guarantee you at least, you know, a good story. Um, I'm not sure who's drawing it, but it, it looks fun when when you have Omac generated bug versions of the Trinity. I'm okay with that. Do me a favor. That's great. Uh, gives you a chance to uh, focus on the the third stringers because like Firestorm's a big part of the 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 future's end, which is cool. I like Firestorm mm-hmm. a lot, but this Aquaman thing, eh, it was I mean big ups to Jeff Johns for making Aquaman sell to the degree that a, another Aquaman book is even possible. Right. You know that great, that's cool, but eh, it just wasn't for me. I won't stick with it. Um, how about Inhuman? Anybody read Inhuman? Not as yet, no. Not yet, no. Oh, it's beautiful. Joe Mad, baby. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll tell you, Medusa has a three-finger gap every time Ooh. she's shot. Yeah, yeah, you can butter that biscuit real easy. Me likey. Uh, that's kind of creepy, talking about a comic book character like that. No, but yeah, that's... Oh, but... Whenever you get Joe Mad on a book, you know your women are going to be sexy. Either... There's a lot of Street Fighter in it too. Some of the new characters are very. <laughs> and it's very from Street a Joe Mad on, on, on. I know. <laughs> I know. No, I liked it a lot. We'll talk about it if you read it. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, unfortunately, I'm betting David and I are going to have different opinions on the art. Can't wait. Because, because it's shot from Joe Mad's pencils. Mm. No inks. Well, it's so, naked. So it looks like that Ultimates book. No, it's not that dark. Okay. Yeah, it's it's uh you whenever he f- he filled in the blacks, you can actually see the pencil marks uh like horizontal bands of uh parallel lines where he's just like scumbling in the the darks, you can see that in in the art. Okay. So it's it's very apparent that it was shot from his pencils, which I'm fine with that. That's that's cool. Yeah. But you, you know, it's nice seeing a Marvel book done the small press way. Some people don't like it. That they, we we go through this all the time. Inking <laughs> is not necessary with the current technology of printing. That's the only reason why books were inked back then was because if you didn't ink them, the printer wasn't going to print them. And that's you know, so you you don't really have to do it now. But I mean, it's tradition. And tradition is right. If 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 someone is if you're showing a a dark alleyway, uh-huh. then why would you not? show shadows in black the way they're if it's nighttime is is the sky going to be dark or is it going to be darker in some sections and then a little lighter in others because he didn't shade in fully with the pencil why would you not paint it why would you not do a watercolor because or, you're a better pencil than you are a painter no why would you not do a scratchboard drawing then you know what i'm saying that every option is available to the the artist these days they don't have to rely on printing plates that need blacks or whites in order to print and a plate. I think it also depends on the story. If, if, if the story works that way, if, if, if the style is, uh, requests 
if the story, if that style of art works with the story, then so be it. Now, did, did, um, when Garney didn't have an anchor on the Weapon X book, some mm-hmm. of it looked pretty cool. Some of it looked unfinished. Right. But you, you gotta admit, it looked unfinished because you are used to seeing black ink. I don't. I, see, I don't know. I don't know if I'd agree with that. When, but that's the, when you think about it, that's the way it's always been done. So for you to say it looked off means that you expected the inks. No, I'm not, I'm because, not trying to. Because you see inks on comic strips. You see, you, you see black outlines when, when you're watching animation. There are, there's a, it's, yes, I get it. That's the way, you know, it, it, it was printed on paper in the printing press and this, that, and the other. I, yeah, I, they, I get they had the, to the, the way, way, you know, the, the technology of, of the finished product has changed, but it's, it's still, it, 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 you say, I think it looks unfinished, whereas, I, you said you looked, it looked unfinished. You said Garney's work looked a little off. Looked a little un- unfinished. I mean, there were some cool looking yeah. images, but yes, there were because, not because so much that it's, it's because the inks are needed to finish the image. It's because it, there's, there's a, that is, that tells you when the, instead of, in, in, instead of a costume or, or, or someone's, skin tone just kind of blending in with the background it mm-hmm. it it's it's it adds it adds depth it adds it, 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 it's just yes finished is one way to to for me to say it but mm-hmm. it i feel that the that the outlines are uh, required to just so that just so that your eye knows where things are right and don't think I'm not putting you on the spot at all. We 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 like what we like, and we 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 have come to uh, expect certain things from the art we like, right? So I'm not saying you're wrong. You're far from wrong. Uh, uh, a dark color butted up against a lighter color would have done the same thing. You know what I'm saying? It's just I don't know. I I don't. I'm not. I'm not bound. I'm not saying you are. I gotta play this play this close to the vest because I, I don't want to make it's not a right or wrong issue right. it's just what we it's right. just what we like yes. i i'm not so much bound by the technique then that's fine and and like i said yeah. if if the story calls for it then so because because like you were saying with bikini cowboy there were some pages <laughs> there that obviously weren't inked and yeah. and you know but it's still it was it was also a black and white book and and you you could tell where she was standing in front of a saloon door Whereas if it's a colored comic book and someone is just coloring their pencils, you may not be able to tell the difference between a stop sign or a dude's shirt. Right. See, here's a, here's a rub. I would much rather see uncolored pencils than colored pencils. I think if, I agree with you. Yeah, because I mean, the me, I love the media. I, I think it's great. Um, you, you get a texture and a, and a line quality and a, just the, a tonal range that I think when you slap colors on pencils, it kind of muddies it a little bit. But not in not in human number one, it doesn't. They they it's a successful combination of the two. It's like you said, it's not well, it's not ultimate. Uh, it's that was really dark. I look and forward red. to seeing it. And really red. Really red. Yeah, I'm yeah. of two minds. I mean, I think that. Uh... 
<sighs> I have to see it because I, I definitely have seen transfers from pencil, including the Garney stuff that I didn't care for. Right. Where on the other hand, like the Opeña stuff from, um, infinity was gorgeous. And that was straight from the pencils. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think it can work both ways as an original art fan and collector. <laughs> I don't buy, I won't buy pencils. I mean, it could be the right. prettiest pencils on the earth. And that's simply because when it's not a finished colored product, when it's on the wall or in my portfolio, the pencils are just, they don't pop. You don't, you have to be zooming in to notice them. Right. Whereas when right. they're inked right. on the wall, you see the image for what it is from afar. Um, right. so yeah, I'd have to see this first before I could weigh in on this particularly, but, um, I think all things being equal though, I'm in David's camp. All things being equal, I'd much prefer an inked product. Cool. But I don't think you're wrong in that it has to be anymore. I think that's right. Correct. Right. Yeah. right. Because I mean, right. we, we, we mentioned Garney and, and I mentioned Weapon X and while that seemed to be lacking in some regards, I thought the images, I didn't read the whole book, but the images I saw from his run on Scar, I thought that worked to a certain degree with, with, with just doing pencils. Right. I guess it all comes down, for me, it all comes down to the, the image is preeminent. It, it, if it works, it works. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, laid down with the juice of a can of Dinty Moore or if they put, you know, if they did the traditional inks. As long as the image works right. in context, then I'm, I'm all Absolutely. for it. I don't care how, I don't care how they do right. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey everybody, look at this. 11 o'clock, 311. Sponsored once again by Discount Comic Book Service. What is the URL? DCBService.com. That's where you should be going if you don't want to spend a whole lot of money on a whole lot of comics. It's simple, really. I mean, I can't say it any any plainer than that. You save money at DCB Service. You will. 35 to 75% off. You'll get them in the condition they got them, which is perfect. They, uh, you don't even have to actually get up off your couch really which is kind of cool if you have your internet device nearby so check them out if you haven't already dcbservice.com woot in your travels this book was waiting for me when i got back from philly it is uh by a friend of the show i think he is an amazing talent one of the best out there and i will knife fight anybody who disagrees with me his brother uh no, his brother. No, his brother. I, I, I got that, but I didn't finish reading it. Um, this is by Matthew Allison. You know how much I love Matthew Allison. Yes. He, he is a kindred spirit. Uh, how could you not love a guy that tweets photos of, um, a drawer full of Pigmon figures? I mean, he loves the kaiju. He loves everything that I love. He loves bad movies. And, and, uh, as we know, the, uh, he has a character named Kankor. And this is the first issue of Kanker's book. It's called Kanker. Um, everything in Matthew Allison's world, it must be really hot there because everything looks like it's melting and soft. I love it. Um, in this issue, Kankor fights Kankor who fights Kankor. What? You got Kankor with a C fighting, um, Kankor with two R's and a C fighting Kankor with a K. So you got different time, 
different time period versions, well, not only different time period versions of Kankor, you have recently birthed Kankors fighting different time period Kankor. It's awesome! Um, his, if you haven't seen his art, just jump on over to Loaf Dish, L-O-A-F Dish, dot blogspot.com. It's, it's the calamity stuff, calamity of challenge, dot blogspot.com. I think he's an amazing talent and, and he is, I, I mean, if he's not already, he's going places because his artwork is extremely unique. The dude is extremely talented. He's got a Wrightson, Wrightson blue kind of Starlin melty creature vibe. His character designs are brilliant. His stories are psychotronic and trippy and they just, I mean, the, he does not take himself all that seriously and the stories are just plain inventive, fun, just gorgeous stuff. Uh, if you want this, it was five bucks. It's full color. Um, and it's amazing. Biotechnological, psychotronic, kaiju, beautiful character design, amazing book. Uh, there's other stuff in here from Damon Gentry, Travis Gillian, and Aaron Conley. The back cover My was boy, uh, Aaron Conley. I know. And Saber's he did two, he did two pages. Um, <laughs> you gotta see them. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. I won't spill the beans, but oh, you're pretty. holy, holy shit. Um, yeah, it's just a great book. Five bucks. You could do a hell of a lot worse. So go over to, uh, loafdish.blogspot.com or calamityofchallenge.blogspot.com. Buy this book. It's amazing. The name of the story is titled Van Halen versus the Clash. Oh shit. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's, I love it. I love it. It's so amazing. <laughs> go buy it, canker. Do it. I am going to say thank you to Mr. John O'Brien for, um, the, uh, kick-ass looking story. I, strips4.com, the number four, is, is where you can see things like public education, Mars, awful lot. Uh, but his latest book is When the Warlock Found a Friend. And, uh, I want to thank him for this book. And, and I haven't had a chance to really sit down with it. Uh, I have ten pages left. Yes, then you were way further than I am. But I, um, I have to thank him too. So I'm just going to interrupt you for a second. Thank you, John. Same here. Yay, uh, the, John and 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 Tim are just phenomenal. I mean, the, the they both have completely different styles, and and yeah. and I love reading both of their stories. They they just they. It's almost, it's like a visual yin and yang, but I, I think what they're doing, the stories that they're telling with, with their art is just, it, it's, I love it. It's a hell of, it's a hell of a gene pool. Seriously. Really. And, and I gotta say, what John doesn't have, uh, the flashiest of, of, of styles. His, his drawing technique is very matter of fact. He gets down exactly what he needs to get on the page yep. and nothing, and nothing more. So it's, it's very immediate. It, um, there's a spontaneity to it that I find I'm envious of it because I don't think I would be able to reproduce it, at least not very easily. Right. 
Um, and he is a phenomenal storyteller. Yeah. I, the, the, this, the, the titular warlock character, I need to know what happens to this guy. <laughs> and I think he, he, maybe, um, he didn't, but I think he wrote this story for you, David, because it's all about, well, it's partly about the, um, addition of, um, a familiar um uh animals yeah. animals uh to mm-hmm. to one one's life and it's just great it's amazing it, I, 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 flabbergasted because i i in, in fact i put it down about uh 20 minutes before connecting with you because i really wanted to finish it mm-hmm. for for the show and i i i just didn't have the time i didn't want to rush right. it but i poured through this thing just barreled through and it's a thick book it it's is. at least it's at least what a hundred pages, probably about a hundred pages. Yeah, uh, just an amazing both of those guys, um, and and Timothy and and John have a Kickstarter currently running for Maps Volume Two. That's right. And y'all should get in on that. I did. I don't back many Kickstarter projects, but I you backed the O'Brien. There, that's true. I don't. I I backed the O'Briens because damn it, they're they're worth it to me. Yeah. I love what they do. I need to see more. Yeah, and I believe they're uh, local to North Carolina, so maybe we'll meet them in Heroes. That heroes? I sure oh, hope so. Yeah, I'm hoping. Uh, maybe they'll tell us otherwise, but, um, I just, you know, if, if, if your, if your return address is, is North Carolina, I just figure that, you know, you're, if you're in a state where the convention is, then why not? But I, you know, it's still, it's, it's still a couple months away, so who knows? I don't wanna, I wanna get my hopes up. I just do hope that I get to meet the brothers. Um, but in big your ups. travels, big, big ups. I am, uh, I think tonight I will pick, uh, Winter Soldier, The Bitter March, read the second issue. Uh, I loved the, uh, the first issue. Second issue, um, picks up pretty much right after the first, uh, where, uh, our, Shield agent is is protecting these two scientists from the Winter Soldier, and now a uh, another uh, something else has been added to the mix, and uh, we hope that uh, that our hero uh, gets out of this particular predicament. But um, it it's still the art by Roland Bashi is still fantastic. Remender is is uh, introducing characters that um you know you may not in in lesser hands they probably wouldn't have much weight but uh you know just just in a couple of panels on on a page and uh and and there's one pale looking character who is uh who who says things that i mean his, his look alone will um will give you pause but but the words he says is is how he says things it will um it, the words alone are kind of intimidating and, and it's, uh. Morbius. He kind of has a Morbius look, but no. I don't, I don't, mm-hmm. would Morbius be alive? Well, maybe as a, no. maybe much younger, but yes, this is still yeah. the 50s, so. I was just, I was being facetious, but what, what, uh, I, my contribution to this, I shouldn't have been in light of the creative team on this book, but I am extremely surprised that I'm enjoying this Winter Soldier Bitter March thing as much as I am. 
and the covers, man, I could just stare, yeah. I could stare at Robinson's covers for, for days, but, uh. I shouldn't be digging it. I shouldn't. And, and how about it, when Homeboy calls in to Shield and they have their own experiment going on? He's like, listen, I'm a little busy, but all right, let me give you this. But, but then you look, you pan back and there's something going on almost, um, orgy-like. Uh. Nothing wrong with no, orgy. No, there isn't. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it says the Plus man. you're in Philly just, trying to right? get a master's degree. <laughs> Master something. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, I just, I, I, um, I definitely recommend. And, oh, and, and what's neat is as the Winter Soldier is tracking down his target, um, there are some, he has the opportunity to, uh, to press his advantage and he decides against it because there's a, there's a voice in the back of his head, uh, Telling him you don't want to, when someone is running away, they're retreating, the battle is lost for them. You don't shoot people in the back because once you do that, you're, there's no, there's no coming back from that. Yeah, you are a dickhead, but there's no coming back from that. And, um, and Winter Soldier has no idea why this would hold his hand, but, uh, we, um, we find out that it was, it, these were words that an old friend, um, from Brooklyn told him while, while, while they were, uh, fighting the war. So it, 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 it's neat that, cause in the first issue, we really didn't have that. We, we was, it was basically just, just Nick Fury, uh, just, just shield agents doing their thing and, and, um, fighting Hydra and the Winter Soldier showed up because he had, he was on a mission. And, and now with the second issue, uh, we're getting a little bit inside the Winter Soldier's head, and um, and when he was Bucky Barnes fighting for the United States Army, and and uh, I'm now that that's kind of been added to it, as well as the other layers Remender has has added in the second issue. I'm I'm dying to see how this all plays out over the course of this limited series. Yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah you and are. again, again, premiere hardcover or nothing at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, seriously. Yeah. I think, I think, I think that should be the goal. That, that, that should be the way, uh, they're, they're, because we all like to bitch about DC's trade, uh, practices. Marvel, f- straight to premiere hardcover first. Okay. That would make people who really don't want to shell out the bucks for a premiere hardcover buy the singles. And then if the premiere hardcover does reasonably well, then you put it out in a trade paperback. Because I want premiere hardcovers for all the books I love. Sir Marvel. Vince says tits are getting the fuck it's out. Just, no, it's just weird. You look in the previews every month. It's like what? Like stuff is coming out in paperback first because before know, it comes out I in know. hardcover. It makes no sense. It's like willy nilly. Dog sleeping with cats. It's weird. Well, a lot of it also has to do with how people's deals and contracts are structured. I was going to say, yeah. Usually it's not. I don't think about usually that. Usually it's uh, the hardcover will come out and then the paperback. Or just they'll go straight to paperback. I mean, it's rare when you'll, well, they'll go to paperback and then eventually come out with a hardcover. So. Yeah. Can you have to deal with it, bruh? Let's have some faith in our product, Marvel, and everything goes to premier hardcover. Nah, everything. That wouldn't be, everything. that wouldn't be smart business. I'm not going to care about business. <laughs> I want premier hardcovers. Oh, you know, me and business, it's like an, an alien language. I don't get business. it. Business. All right. Yeah. Well, before I get to my, uh, in your travels, Two more shout-outs. One, congrats to Mr. Tom King of 
Uh, no apologies, yes. fame and uh, an aspiring author. He and his lovely wife uh, had another baby, healthy, wealthy, awesome. and wise. So congrats on that. Uh, and then congrats to our good buddy, Will Pfeiffer, who, I was gonna, who oh, I have a it was formally announced is the writer of the <laughs> newly soon to be relaunched Teen Titans, which will debut in July. So he gets to bring back one of DC's most storied franchises that has, if we're being honest, meandered for a bunch of years now. Oh, I, I think we can be a lot more honest than that. Titans has not been good. No. Uh, Certainly no. since the new 52 came along. But, oh, but really even, since John Even stopped, before right? that. Yeah, exactly. Um, right. But the other exciting thing about this is not only is it great news for Will, our buddy and friend, and a, and a, a big book for him to, to, to sink his teeth into on top of the, the Red Hood and the Outlaws, but, but he is also being aided by the gorgeous artwork of Mr. Kenneth Rokeford. I know, right? So Ooh, that's a good look. Did you see Cassie on the yes, cover that of that? Yes, that is a good oh look. Yeah, a little bit. It looks bit. like there's a male Terra, though, huh? Could be. I mean, in the in the uh, based on that image. Uh, but now, yeah. for your, in your travels, I want to head on over to the world of Image Comics. Um, the last time I saw this gentleman's writing, he was weaving a amazingly violent and action-packed and creative world in glory. Mr. Mm-hmm. Joe Keating, right? His new creator-owned book, Shudder. I saw the cover, the first issue cover really, it was, um, I, I was, I was kind of taken in with, with that, the, just the design of it. I really, uh, that was, I was scrolling through Tumblr and, and stumbled across his, his post for it. And, and I was, I stopped dead on that cover and I I want to check this book out based on that. Mm hmm. Uh, Joe writes it. It's, uh, the art chores are by uh, someone I'm unfamiliar with up until this issue, Layla Del Duca. And it's, um, how do I describe it? It's, um, basically the, the story, we're introduced to a character named Kate Christopher. She's in her, uh, early to mid twenties and she is this version of Earth's, uh, most noted explorer adventurer. Um, kind of, I guess, like a Lara Croft or a, or an Indiana Jones type. Um, oh. but she has been, she's from a, 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 a she's, she's from a, a long line of, of explorers. Um, and she was, became world famous for her exploration as a kid. Um, the first page of the book were introduced to her running along the, the moon, uh, running on the moon. Um, who her father took her there for her birthday. So, but it's 20 years later now, and she is basically been living in quiet obscurity for reasons we've yet to find out. And, uh, she is brought back into this world of exploration and high adventure, uh, by necessity. And it, uh, again, it's only the first issue, so lots of questions left unanswered, but wildly creative world building. Um, and I think the biggest challenge that number one issues have these days, because there are so many of them, particularly from image, which puts out a lot is, can they hook you with that first issue? And yeah. Keating hooked me in the first few pages. He had me, he had me at hello. So <laughs> I am on board for this. I'm excited. Uh, Del Duca's art stylings are fantastic. 
Yeah, very loose. I like it Absolutely. a lot. Yeah. So uh, I that that cover. I have to agree with David. That cover is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. So I'm very yeah. excited for this, um, and would commend it to people's attention. Uh, one more congratulations to the uh, Salazar family for their new edition. They oh really? Yes, they have a beautiful looking new dog in the house. His name oh, is nice. Zeus. Yeah. Nice. Uh, oh. I believe they rescued Zeus. Uh, one Zeus gold eye, loose. one blue. And it's, uh. Oh, David Bowie dog. <laughs> it's, uh, he, he, he looks like, uh, he looks like just a big mush. And he, um, according to Sally, he's got a great temperament, nice and mellow. But, uh, I'm, I'm happy to see that. And someone, someone on, um, one of Sal's Facebook friends said that, uh, they would have thought, that based on how many times this dog has been shot, that he would have named him 50 Cent. Oh, wow. So oh. I'm glad the dog is in a good home. Do you know who okay. else has heterochromia? Um, well, aside from Bowie. Uh, Shit. Who? One of the sexiest women on the earth. Mila Kunis. Uh, does she really? Oh, really? Yeah, she is a hottie. God damn. And although this means nothing to you two, reigning Cy Young winner Max Scherzer, Scherzer uh, also has it. You are a walking infographic. Well, I find I find that very very cool. Oh yeah. Uh, my as soon as our cats die, we're going to get a husky, and <laughs> huskies often have that. Yes. Yeah. Yep. All right. Wow. This has been a, a feature packed episode. They all are right. Um, thank you for being here with us. Big surprise for everybody next week. Yes. Come back with us next week. That's all I'm saying. That is all you're saying. You gotta do it. You gotta come back next week. I think you'll be very, oh, very pleasant. Chris will be back, right? Yes, cause Chris is returning. <laughs> That's right. Yes. That's right. You'll be, you'll be very pleasantly no, surprised. No, can, we keep, at all. can we keep Chris gone for one more week, maybe? Oh. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. You never know. But yeah, join us here next week. Yes. Uh same same place. Uh you found this. We will be waiting for you and you will definitely thank us yeah. after next week. I we think. hope. And we love you so much. And I wanted to publicly congratulate Will Pfeiffer. But Jason beat me to it. Well, you, you dragged your feet for the past two hours. Dude, that was the first thing you said to me when you connected. Well, I was going to do it at the end because that will keep it fresh in people's minds when they're done with the well, episode, right? Well, as you lose, know, bro. You did your and your travels long before I did mine. Got you there. Suck a dick. Bye. Aww. Bye. Now everybody's going to come to the episode thread and give give Vince big hugs. <laughs> love you, Vince. Oh, I'm crying, Vince. So sorry. I still, I still love you. So nice. Yeah, good, so nice good. of you. I, pre- good I pretended it was you who told me about Will on the Teen Titans. Good going, Will. I'm happy for you, buddy. It's awesome. And you, you're making me buy a, a DC book in single issues. My third DC book in single issues. You mean fourth because you're buying Red. You're buying Red Hood too, right? Yeah, but he's well, only on that three, three issues. No, yeah. I know. Well, I know. Yeah. The other one I'm buying in uh, the Forever People and Infinity Man. I'm buying that in single. Are issues. you? I was wondering if you were going to get that. Hell yeah! I want that to at least reach eight. <laughs> I'm hoping for 12. Because I need to bind it with my Omax. That's right. <laughs> they make it even. And my uh, my Hordak one-shot that Mr. Giffen did. That book's awesome. Did you see the Hordak one-shot? The Masters I of the Universe? That one. Oh, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm oh, excited to see Hodor. 
I didn't see Hodor on Sunday night, but that's all right. I've yet to watch that either. I I need to watch the last couple minutes again, but I I think you'll dig the episode. Nice. Yeah, I I would imagine. I can't wait, but... uh, Good night, everybody. Later, y'all. Bye. Thank you so much. See you. See you next week. Listen, be here next week. See you. We hope. We hope it doesn't fall off. Fall off. Right. Well, if it falls well, off, we'll still be we'll here. So you know what? They, yeah, they if it falls off, it. it'll be a great episode because Chris will be back. Yeah, that's the ticket. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe more than one of us will have seen Captain America and Winter Soldier. Yeah, I'm going this weekend. Or after the flea market on Sunday. Right after, yeah. Flea market is church for me. Then I'll go see the church. Bye. That's <laughs> a